0: sports talk daily with andrew hustler patterson and michael remus
1: all right let's get after it folks welcome to winnipeg sports talk daily lots to get to today we will uh we're almost contractually obligated to speak about last night's game at canada life center between the jets and the detroit red wings it probably won't be a fun conversation i can tell you that much uh much like it wasn't that much fun being in the building last night and walking out after a um well uh a lifeless at times loss to the detroit red wings who had just played the night before in detroit against the boston bruins giving up 50 shots somehow managing to win the game and uh the jets who told us that um you know they weren't done yet they had to come out you know playing for their playoff lives and Served up that one last night. At least the folks got cool Connor Hellebuck bobbleheads that attended the game last night. We'll certainly get to that. I'm looking forward to having Brandon Rewicki on the program. I mean, we are fully... uh, For anyone that wasn't into next year mode yet over the last couple days, uh, I'm sure they are right now. We'll uh, talk about the game last night. What is to come in the final 11 games of the season and more importantly, what needs to change for this Winnipeg Jets hockey club after such a miserable and disappointing 2021 2022 season but there's good news this is a great sports weekend coming up there is a lot of other things happening and as disappointing as the big club has been this year manitoba moose are having a heck of a season and so are the winnipeg ice i know patrolman pete was in chat saying hey this might be a good time to get to some playoff previews for the moose and ice we are going to check in with our good friend brian munns who is the voice of the winnipeg ice A big, big few games coming up at home for the ice to finish up the regular season. We'll talk about that and look ahead to the challenge at hand for the Winnipeg ice when they get into the playoffs. It's also Major League Baseball opening day, and I'm really looking forward to having Gary and Thorne at DraftKings. We're really focusing on the Blue Jays. who actually don't start until tomorrow, taking on Marcus Simeon, their old teammate, and the Texas Rangers. Gary is going to come up uh, first up on the program. Then we'll have an extended Jets conversation with Brandon Rewicki. And of course, we will talk about the Masters Tournament, which is underway at Augusta with Tiger Woods, who is sniffing around the top of the leaderboard for a while. I can tell you as we start this program today and for everyone that's with us live on YouTube, great to have you with us. Tiger Woods is even par playing the 11th hole right now. And the lead is held by five players, including Cam Smith, Joachim Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, Charles Schwartzel, and Lee Westwood. Oh, and Sungjae Im with a nice start, birdieing the first two holes. So we'll get to all of that as we uh, navigate the next couple hours here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, Before we do anything, I do want to thank all of the great sponsors of WST including our friends over at Aikens Lake. Cannot wait to get back out there this summer. Had a great chat with Pitt last night before the hockey game. They're really excited about the upcoming year. And of course, our newest sponsor, Wallace & Wallace, along with F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Golf & Country Club, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club. Those TC & Gingers are now in stores. And, of course, our betting friends over at Cool Bet Canada. Let's get to it. And we welcome in Michael Remus to get this party started. Well, not much of a party, more like a funeral right now. That's certainly what it felt like walking out of the game last night. Remo, what's going on?
2: Yeah, I I watch it uh, from the comfort of my own couch, so I didn't uh, get that feeling. But, I mean, we've been sticking the fork in these guys for a while, just watching the dwindling playoff. Percentage at Money Puck, and today it's a whopping zero point three percent chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance, still? You know they just got to win. I wrote someone on Twitter wrote they need to win like fifteen of the next twelve games or something, and they're in. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one. <laughs> I saw that. I, I had that was a good one. But um, you know, I had joked about. The Jets record when the player receiving the bobblehead plays in the game, the team's record coming in was 1-4. The one win being Mark Shifley. Uh, now they are 1-5. But no fault to Connor Hellebuck last night on his bobblehead night. I mean, he was stopping breakaways, odd man rushes. He did everything that he could. And I know we've been harping on you know, the team's goals allowed this year and the high danger chances. But I think the bigger problem is actually the team's inability to score in another game where they score less than two and their record is pretty abysmal when they do that. And they scored one yesterday and they're making yet another backup goalie look like a Vesna caliber winner. And we've seen, uh, well, I think we've established Vemelka is actually the best goalie in the league. But I was looking through some game logs today with Spencer Martin. And you said
1: that to me before the show. I'm yeah. like, who the hell is Spencer Martin?
2: I cannot remember ever him even being
1: a National Hockey League player. But no, in fact, he uh limited the Jets to one goal in one of those wins by the Canucks over yes. the Jets earlier this season, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: Uko, Pekka, Lukinen, uh with the Sabres, Stuart Skinner, uh, and Thomas Gryce. I mean, I just think over and over again the Jets find a way to make these goalies look good. And I looked at their you know, goals for relative to their expected goals. And, you know, maybe they, they're they getting a bit unlucky, but I think it's just happening over and over again. It's a bit of a trend. But also, I think they're giving up so many high danger chances. But Hellebuck is keeping them in a lot of these games, as you've seen. And, I mean, you look at the Jets' schedule the last, I don't know, a month and a half. Like, when was the last time they played, like, a strong, complete game? and maybe the tampa game like march 8th a month ago that was that was a pretty good night
1: i mean the two vegas games look good on the scoreboard but if you recall
2: how those games
1: started um you know i mean listen it was sort of the, i mean we've been talking about this for a long time i mean the team in the team's inability to come ready to go and play a full 60 minutes Mm -hmm. um but just back to Hellebuck for a minute, because last night was, you know, a, a lot about him. I mean, uh, the was positive you went to the game. I mean, uh, you didn't just get an $80 shit sandwich on the ice. You did at least get a pretty cool,
2: <laughs> a pretty cool Connor Hellebuck bobblehead. Do that an unboxing. People want to, maybe at around. the end, end of the show. Yeah, like, yeah you know what, good idea.
1: I, I should go over and grab that thing. Um, but listen, this guy deserves so much better. I mean, we've talked about it for a while, how huh? he's been the backbone of this hockey club. And, you know, even over the past few weeks when the teams won games on the back of Hellebuck, and, you know, we've seen those hel- uh, couple helmet presentations afterwards that the Jets have put out after wins. Um, and, you know, hel- uh, you know, when Hellebuck said, you know, last time, hey, guys, you know, we got to start a lot better, but a great win. Let's go. Let's go make the playoffs. I mean, he's the like, I honestly believe he believes everything that he says. Uh, and he has that belief in himself. And, and his team, I'm not sure, I mean, you know, I'm sure the belief in his team and his teammates has to be waning at this point, certainly after a game like, like that last night. But you want to talk about a guy that deserves better. Um, he's at the top of the list right now. And, and certainly looking at the game last night, I mean, there's, not, there's no other guys that really stand out that go, man, this guy just did everything he possibly could have done for the full 60 minutes to help his team win that hockey game. Um, and really raise up the level of their teammates when they needed it the most. But, I mean, for all the... Listen, I'm going to get triggered just thinking about this, but through the entire Paul Maurice era, we have been fed excuse after excuse for the Winnipeg Jets, the time zones, which we've always had a lot of fun with, which to Dave Lowry's credit, maybe it's just because they haven't traveled very much out west, we haven't heard those. The back-to-backs, the schedule, all those things last night the jets are coming off what three days off and the detroit red wings had played the night before against the boston bruins and had to travel and got in at 3 p.m or 3 a.m and dominated the second and third periods of that hockey game yesterday um you know at some point you know these things become self-fulfilling prophecies and we're gonna have a lot of time talking about coaching uh, and who should be the the man to, you know, to take whatever this team looks like next year and create an entirely different culture um, and feeling around the dressing room. And I go back to Barry Trotz, and listen, I know Barry Trotz is a dream. I don't think he's going anywhere. Lou Lamoureux would be nuts to get rid of Barry Trotz. But the one thing that stands out about Barry Trotz uh, has always been his no-nonsense, no-BS way of going about things. Um I don't know that there's a coach that has done a better job in consistently demanding and getting accountability out of his team than a guy like Barry Trotz. But also the fact that he never, and he said, he'll never talk about the schedule. And maybe it's easier to do, granted, being a New York team where the travel isn't very much and you know, going back and forth. But you know it's no excuses. And my God, we've heard so many from this team over the course of the last number of years. And it just seems like it's manifested itself into... Um, you know this miserable season of so much disappointment that you know you realize that you know there's so many things that need to change the goaltender doesn't need to change but in front of them whether we're talking about the defense core that you know I for one was very bullish on you know with the improvements made last season we haven't seen you know significant improvement there and I think the coaching side of things is a big big part of that as well and then the forward group Reem I mean you know we've talked a lot about leadership. I'll get. I, listen, I do want to give Blake Wheeler credit. He's been playing very, very hard, and I think he always does. But he's been more effective. He's been making a difference over the last couple months. And if you want to talk about guys that have been coming to play and 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 making things happen over the course of the last little while, including last night, I thought Wheeler was pretty good. Um, but there's been too many other guys that at times have been disappearing. Um, just haven't been effective. And You know, I think I mentioned this to you after uh, yesterday and I can't remember what I did on the program, but we were talking about Brendan Gallagher's um, speech um, after the Ottawa game. And he was sort of giving it to Tim Stutzel saying that, you know, he was going down and it was embarrassing. But you saw the passion of Brendan Gallagher. This is a guy that's on a team that has already been eliminated from the playoff. This is a guy that has been to some real highs. And this has to be one of the worst seasons of his entire hockey career. And yet he is still out there battling each and every night, um, you know, showing like putting up an, an example up for the young players on the Montreal Canadiens. Like, is there any guy on the Winnipeg Jets that's even that we could that even reminds us remotely of Brendan Gallagher and what he brings to the team? I guess what I'm saying is we heard a lot of comments about you know skill, talent, all that stuff. I got a real question about the heart of this hockey team, and it's not something I say lightly. Um, and I know it is a, it's a real indictment on a, on a lot of people, but I don't know how there couldn't be a big indictment when we've seen what's happened to this season, and I'm not sure there's a better example of that than that turd we saw last night at Canada Life Center.
2: Yeah, and you talk about the players and leadership. Um, you know Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor came out after the game spoke to the media, and I mean, what do you say in the dressing room after? A game like that. And I agree. I never want to hear them talk about how hard it is back to back. We heard that, you know, they had no legs in Toronto last week. But I mean, you look at this month, the games against Vegas, where they won for nothing, but Hellbuck stood on his head for that <laughs> game. And Vegas played the night before. And then again, yesterday, when you're playing the worst, you know, one of the worst teams in the league in Detroit, who's out of the playoffs. Who's got you know one of the worst penalty kills in the league, and you can't score a power play goal zero for nine in the last last two games. Um, I mean I don't blame it for feeling like a you know funeral on the way out of the building. I mean there were such high expectations, you're spending to the salary cap, and to have game after game, end in disappointment. They were minus what like two fifty favorites, the goal total on the on the blind was 4.2 um from by the time the game went off i saw yeah. on tsn i was just before the game on uh, at
1: a uh, at a uh, one of the spots i hit before the game it was up to minus 310 i mean they were a yeah. massive massive favorite and, and listen I, when i say all this stuff about back-to-backs and stuff i mean there is a reality to it i mean yes. you look at the numbers i mean there is a serious drop-off it is difficult but, I mean, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy if you talk about it all the time. But the thing about it is, is in this case last night, I think they just assumed that the Detroit Red Wings were going to you know, buy into it the way they seemingly have over the, all these years, and they would come up and they would just lay down for them, and that was it. And they and that didn't happen. Listen, the Jets had a strong first period. Grice made some good saves. They got a, panel, a power play with two minutes left, and the next thing you know... A very sloppy power play ends up in their own net. A shorthanded goal starts off. And then, listen, Mark Shifley had a nice tip. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of significant great offense beyond some of the scoring chances that they generated in the first period. Blake Wheeler has another great tip that's then nullified by an offside challenge, which certainly it was offside. I mean, I hate offside challenges, but that was the right call. And from there on in, this team that's been out of it for a good three months that has had their tea times booked since new year's that played last night that traveled all these things we've heard that just kill teams and makes it so hard to win take over the final 40 minutes of that hockey game and um it was absolutely stunning i saw mike win uh in chat just to put in yikes and uh mike sits by me up in 316 i was talking to him at the game last night and I just remember looking at so many of the folks that I see at all the games that are season ticket holders that are there day game in, game out. Um, and I mean people just could not believe it. And um, I don't know, maybe we're maybe a lot of people are naive because we should believe it. We've seen this a number of times before. And um, you know, as Mike McIntyre said after the game, this was without a doubt the worst loss of the season. Funny thing about it, Remus, is is that's very debatable because there's been a number of games that have been in this stratosphere of disappointment, but the timing of it, the situation of it. Um, listen, I, I, we've talked a lot about, you know, what the team has said. Um, I think that, you know, for all of the, I mean, listen, we've talked on the program. We knew that it was over. We knew the team wasn't going to the playoffs going into last night's game. Um, but the team had said that, Hey, they've got to go out there. Listen, they believed it too. That was a team that knew that they were done last night and didn't make it happen. I'm, I'm, as disappointing as the game was, Josh Morrissey spoke after the game. And I, I'll give Josh a lot of credit. Josh, Nikolai Ehlers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, these are the guys that have been going up. Kyle Connor as well, that have faced the media all season long after these tough losses. It's all, pretty much always been those guys. Um, and Josh was asked by Ken, and let's play the clip right here, about you know, what's said in the dressing room after a game and a loss like that.
3: Obviously, you guys knew the circumstances were tough. I mean, what, what gets said after a loss like that
0: one? Uh, to be honest, I don't think
1: one word has been said since the game ended in the locker room. Um, not one word.
0: Can you give us a sense of what the emotions are like then?
1: Well, I think it's the reason for the silence is the frustration. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, we can't afford to lose games right now, and that's a game we shouldn't, you know, lose so um just with their schedule and you know our desperation they're playing on a back-to-back so um it's uh frustrating and uh i think every guy knows that in the room and so that's the emotion yeah listen some uh some needed some honesty from josh morrissey i mean not a damn thing said after the game and i guess i'm with you i mean what what does anybody say after a game like that? Um. Listen, the one guy that I think certainly would be well within his rights to say something and peel some paint off the walls is the guy standing in the net for Winnipeg, and that's Connor Hellebuck, who once again, you know, kept them in that game, gave them a chance to win that game in the third period when, to be honest, they maybe didn't deserve it. Um, But listen, there was a lot of culprits last night. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been amazing this year. He wasn't good last night. I mean, he was front and center in an observant position uh, on two of the goals. And listen for all the talk about you know, Logan Stanley. Um, if you're in the lineup, I would like to get your thoughts on this, rumor. If you're in the lineup because you're a big defenseman and you have a physical side to you, and all these things that Billy Haino doesn't do. You cannot get outworked for the puck behind the net by twenty nine year old Kyle Cricuolo playing his 13th game in the national hockey league at 29 years old, all five, nine of him and let him set up Michael Rasmussen untouched in front of the net for the winning goal last night. I mean, there were plenty, plenty of culprits last night. Josh is playing super hard right now. I mean, he's one guy that I have no doubt that wants to win that brings his best each and every night. Um, But I have to say there's not enough of those guys on the team right now. And, my God, I mean, I've said this a few times before. Can you imagine being a fly on the ball in Kevin Cheveldayoff's uh, office or Mark Chipman's uh, right now watching what's happening with this hockey team? Um, it's going to be a miserable, miserable month of April for this organization. And um, I'll tell you what, um, you know, we're we're already going to be getting into draft lottery simulators, Remus and looking ahead to potential free agents and who's going to be here and who's going to not be here. And that was never part of the plan. But if you want to, if you want a culmination, a little synopsis of why this team is where it is, just go back if you can stomach it and rewatch last night's game.
2: Yeah, again, I think this team has so many problems. You give up, in terms of giving up high danger chances, you know, relying on Connor Hellebuck. And we heard this at the beginning of the season, how much he masked a lot of the issues we've seen um, you know, the last couple of years. And this team seems to be on a downward trend since Christmas of 2019. And, you know, again, you're spending the cap. He makes the off-season acquisitions of defensemen. But I think the one thing, you know, that we need to discuss well is the lack of scoring. I mean, you're getting, you're getting, you know, Kyle Connors having a record season. You know, Strayfield and Wheeler chip in offensively. Nikolai Ehlers when he's in the lineup. But after that, you know, not much. You look at some of the top teams in the league. You're getting like ten to fifteen goals from your third and fourth line guys. The fourth line, I mean, they don't even they don't even play, you know, maybe five minutes a night. And the third line, Adam Lowry had a stretch where he was scoring a lot of penalty, you know, shorthanded goals, but um, you know, hasn't he wasn't there for the half first half of the season. And it just seems like you it's either the first line or the second line is scoring it, and nobody else. And that's why you have so many games where they're scoring two or less goals. You know, at five on five. They're in the bottom third of the league in uh, goals for defense problem, forward problem. I don't think it's just, it's not just one or the other. I think there's a lot of issues. And, you know, maybe we were just flat out wrong about this team coming into the season. And we had such high expectations. And we play, like, for sure, playoff team. We were talking about, like, how much, oh, they're a lot to make the playoffs. Like, they're not not I don't well, think they're I
1: even think, close. I think back to what Wheeler said at the start of the year. Yeah, it's great that we're good on paper. On cre- on paper doesn't mean shit, I believe was his quote. You're exactly right. It didn't mean a damn thing. And uh here we are right now. Listen, just for the sake of all of our mental health, we will talk more about the Jets later on today. Brandon Wicki's gonna join us. Uh, but we're going to talk about the upcoming baseball season. We'll hit the Masters as well. And we will talk about the ice. who have been the best team in Canada all year. I'm looking forward to having Brian Munns come on. But we're going to get ready for baseball season. Blue Jays in particular with Gary and Thorne in just one second. Uh, before we do that, a big thank you to our newest sponsor of Winnipeg Sports Talk, Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. They've been serving residential and customer, uh, commercial customers since 1946 bottom line is folks if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number on your old one give them a call they do it all vinyl ornamental welded wire chain link or wood they've got the right fence for you and if you need to replace your garage door wallace and wallace also has winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors you can give them a call at 452-2700 ben charles my guy, mark the expert's And the rest of the gang will arrange a time to come and give you a free estimate. You could also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom and give them a visit on Lawson Road off Keniston. Um, Hey, summer's just around the corner. Weddings, grads, and you know F Apparel is Winnipeg's leader in custom suits for men. A full line of custom clothing for any occasion, including... Dress shirts, chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Hey, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just $400. They're the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. If you've got a big event coming up and you lead to look great, F is there for you. And hey, wedding parties get 15% off when the group buys their suits from F Apparel. 190 Smith Street downtown. Pop down and see Andrew and the gang there or find out more online or you can make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H com. And, uh, of course, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to be the leaders for, what, six decades in the city, stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local organic and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices, with amazing, knowledgeable staff trained on these products to help you get what it makes sense for you. Uh, they've also got an amazing grab-and-go deli with healthy and delicious Vita Market salad soups and sandwiches. You can get those at any of the seven Winnipeg locations in the city, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And they've also got a fully shoppable website now that is ready to go for you at myvita.ca. All right, we will get back to the Jets and the plight of this lost season a little later on. Rewiki's going to join us. We'll talk Masters as well but let's get ready to play a ball. Optimism abound as major league baseball has their first pitch today. And it is a real pleasure to welcome in Gary and Thorne from the DK playbook and a favorite over with Pat, Tim and Jeff at the Mayo media network, Gary and what's up. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate you jumping on.
3: Oh, no problem. Uh, so excited to talk some baseball. Uh, one of my favorite days of the year, bar none. Um, you know, I wish it was kind of your more traditional opening day with all 15 are uh, all 30 teams playing, get 15 games? Uh, you know, even lamenting the fact that we weren't getting any baseball by like 1 p.m. Eastern time just doesn't feel right on opening day, but uh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, where the hell's the 11 a.m. game in Cincinnati? I don't know. Uh, that, as you mentioned, that would, uh, Tim Anderson, not dead, is somehow still rolling over in his grave right now. He, he not <laughs> have the early game in Cincinnati to get us going. Hey, listen, here north of
1: the border, there uh, justifiably so, is a ton of excitement about the Toronto Blue Jays. I want to ask you about some areas of the team right now, but overall, um, are you as uh, a buoyed about the uh, prospects of the Jays going into this season as uh, so many fans seem to be going into a first pitch tomorrow?
3: It's it's hard to not be excited. Um, You know, it is it is foreign to see so many, quote unquote, MLB experts picking the Jays to not just make the World Series, but win the World Series Uh, in in my lifetime. That is not something I have seen much of. Um, So that just makes me nervous, purely as a fan myself. But um, I think when you look at this team, you know, there are there are optimistic ways to look at it and pessimistic ways to look at this offseason. Uh, if you're a pessimist, you're someone sitting there going, well, this team didn't even make the playoffs last year. They lost Marcus Semyon, who was a top three MVP candidate. They lost Robbie Ray, who is the reigning American League Cy Young Award winner. Why should we expect this team to take a major step towards 95, 96, 97 wins in 2022? But I also think there's a lot of ways they've made up ground. They've made traction this offseason, whether it's by bringing in Gosman or Chapman or Kikuchi Uh, by getting to play home games, by getting a full season of Jose Barrios, by uh, getting a a full season of Alec Manoa, even. Um, You know, I I think this team, maybe aside from their lineup, doesn't have a ton of just incredible household name, elite all-star talent, but I think the rotation's deep. I think the bullpen shouldn't be as big an issue as it was last season. Um, And at this point, with 12 teams making the playoffs. Um, I just think there's a greater margin for error for the Jays to at least get to the dance this year. So yeah, I think it's it's a good time to be optimistic if you're a Jays fan.
1: How important and how beneficial will it for the Jays? Because people forget the fact that they played like 75% of their season in Dunedin and Buffalo before getting like, I don't know, 25 games in front of half-filled buildings in Toronto last year. How big of a benefit is that going to be to the Blue Jays?
3: I think it's going to be massive. I mean, you know, I I, I am one person who definitely... Uh, has been known to maybe forget the human element of the game a little bit. I love my numbers. Um, but, you know, you hear what these players are talking about, just getting to know where they're going to get to call home every single night for six months. I mean, it's it's such a big thing. And, you know, Buffalo wasn't quite as bad as maybe Dunedin was. But, I mean, God, I remember some games last season where, you know, routine ground balls to third base suddenly were doubles because this, the, the back wall in Dunedin wasn't high enough to block the setting sun. At 7 p.m. in Dunedin, there's a reason most spring training games take place during the day and just things like that that you would never even contemplated before as a baseball fan really affecting the, the output in the and the results on the field. Um, I, I think it's a major factor. And, and look, we'd be silly not to acknowledge that, you know, much like I know there's a lot of uh, conversation right now in the NBA. Uh, Particularly with the Philadelphia 76ers about who's allowed to come and play the Raptors in Toronto. I think it would be silly to not say that the Jays do probably have a little bit of a benefit uh, with their fully vaccinated roster that there are going to be some guys apparently not allowed to play in Toronto this season. So that is also a little bit of a benefit.
1: Do we? It's just speaking of that. Um, I mean, how significant is that going to be? I mean, I guess we'll find out when the. I mean, I don't know. There's a. There's your injury report. I don't know if we've got a vax report on all the teams in the AL East, but I mean, are the Yankees and Red Sox going to show up here? Like, uh, wait a second. Where's that guy? That guy. I mean, is that going to be significant? Do you think this season, at least early on?
3: I mean, there were reports um, when MLB sort of uh, put out a bit of a reminder that this was still the case. Uh, There were immediate reports out of both New York and Boston that they were not necessarily happy with uh, this and that um, they would be unfairly affected by this, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think if you read between the lines, uh, there's maybe a bit of worry about whether or not someone like Aaron Judge is vaccinated, which could obviously be a big deal if the Jays were to be playing the Yankees in Toronto. Um, I I believe the report out of Boston was a couple of, quote unquote, middle of the order bats uh, were maybe of some concern. So, again, we don't really know. There's still time for some of the players to maybe reconsider their decision um, and get all these things sorted out. Who knows what's going to happen with Ontario's government and et cetera. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think right now I wouldn't say it's like a major factor. I don't think the Jays are picking up five, six, seven wins because of this. But on a particular day, uh, it could definitely benefit them.
1: Harry Thorne's with us getting ready for first pitch of the major league baseball season later on today. And Jays first pitch tomorrow against Texas pitching. So important. If you want to be an elite team, I mean the jets, uh, the Jays lost the Cy young award winner, Stephen Matt's gone. Fill us in on the rotation and now uh, how it compares to last year's.
3: I think it's deeper. Um, and, and that's probably the benefit they have here. It, it was a bit of a blow to see, um, Nate Pearson, uh, begin the season on the IL because of, uh, Mononucleosis, which is always, you know, thank you, Sam Darnold, for making that a hilarious uh, injury <laughs> designation for the rest of time. But um, you know, that was it. Was going to be nice to sort of have Pearson as a quote-unquote swingman, uh, someone who could maybe fill in and start on occasion. I mean, one thing that's that's sort of interesting is we know now because um, you know whether it was seven or eight games having to be postponed due to the labor dispute, uh, there are going to be a lot of doubleheaders, scheduled doubleheaders this season where teams are going to need to have that fifth or sixth or seventh starter be able to fill in. Uh, so, you know, having a Pearson, having a Ross Stripling as guys that you don't have to rely on to actually take the bump every five days, but just be there in an emergency capacity. It's a really nice safety blanket to have. And I think the top end talent here is better than it was last season. I mean, remember Jin Ryu started opening day for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, you know, hindsight is 2020. Obviously, Robbie Ray would fill that gap for the 2021 Toronto Blue Jays. But, you know, to have Jose Barrios take the ball opening day and then still have Kevin Gosman waiting in the wings to pitch uh, day two. I mean, Gosman, up until he ran into a little bit of an injury issue towards, you know, late July, early August. Uh, Some of his numbers regressed a little bit in the second half of the season. But this is someone who was a top three Cy young candidate for the first four months of last season and has really started to embrace his split finger fastball, which – I'm sure it makes Baltimore Oriole fans cry, but he's really come into his own for what his potential was uh, even a half decade ago. And then to have Ryu, to have Alec Manoa who could still be growing and, and getting better as a pitcher. And then you say Kikuchi just a really interesting guy. I mean, if you close your eyes and want to be really simplistic about this, if I just said the Jays had a left-handed pitcher who throws 96 miles an hour, who sometimes has issues with control and opponent home runs, you'd think, hey, that sounds a lot like Robbie Ray last season. Maybe there's some upside here. Maybe there's some potential. I don't think it's fair to just pencil in Kikuchi as American League Cy Young Award winner, but (laughs) I think when he's your fifth starter, he's someone who just has the talent and the potential to go out and get a win every five days. So I think their rotation might actually have more depth this season and be better even with the loss of Robbie Ray and Steven Nats.
1: Uh, You know, we can't talk about pitching without addressing the bullpen as well. How do you feel about the bullpen? And in particular, the closing spot is Romano, the guy that will be, uh, that should be the guy getting it in the ninth for, um, for the season, or is that somewhat up in the air?
3: No, I think it's going to be Romano. Um, you know, obviously it's a closer's job until it's not. The, these are capricious positions on a baseball field, but I think the Jays are pretty comfortable with where they are right now. Um, you know, full seasons from Adam Simber and from Trevor Richards, who were really big in the second half of last season, sort of stabilizing the Blue Jays' bullpen and really helping them thrive in the final two months of the season. Um, you've also got Yimi Garcia coming in, uh, someone who does have experience saving games and can be, uh, you know, maybe someone who fills in if Jordan Romano has to take a little stint on the IL or if he can't pitch for the third time in three days or something like that. Uh, and even Julian Merriweather. I know Merriweather's a guy who is really frustrating to a lot of Blue Jays fans that probably probably begins and ends with the fact that he will forever be the guy who was traded for Josh Donaldson, and he sort of has to live up to that. But, you know, Merryweather is, is a rare breed of pitcher. I mean, he's someone who's got a 99-mile-an-hour fastball and a devastating 82-mile-an-hour changeup. I mean, that, that combination of pitches, let alone some of his other breaking stuff, um, he's got all the potential in the world. It's just about staying healthy. Uh, But I think a lot of people will remember what he did against the New York Yankees in last season's opening series. So there's definitely a lot of potential and talent out in that bullpen. And I think while it might not be a top 10 bullpen in baseball, I don't think it's going to cause the issues that we saw in the first half of last season.
1: Um, As far as the, uh, the, the field, the position, I mean, listen, you lose Marcus Simeon and you mentioned he was a top three candidate for AL MVP. How do they replace him? And the addition of Matt Chapman, um, where is the benefit more on the defensive side that, that he brings to the club, knowing that what a great defensive third baseman can do, not just for your pitching staff, but also for a guy like Bo Bichette at short.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's really gotten a lot of buzz is uh, particularly when you look really deep into the defensive metrics. Uh, Chapman is so good to the shortstop side of third base that it really seems like Bichette can maybe play a little bit more up the middle, kind of cheat a little bit um, and not have to worry so much about playing to his backhand side, which would be massive because we know Bichette for as, uh, as, as athletic and as, as as talented as he is, he's been a little consistent in the infield. Uh, Chapman's just a really interesting guy. I I think that, you know, uh, Marcus Semyon even had a quote today um, talking about how Semyon or excuse me, how Chapman is an MVP level talent uh, he's just got to be able to get healthy again. And that's really, again, if you if you want to be a, a complete optimist about this uh, and take Chapman at his word, he's feeling a lot better than he was coming off of hip surgery last season. Uh, this is someone who suddenly just saw his strikeout rate go above 30%, despite the fact that it had been in the low 20% range, uh, you know, in, in two of his big productive seasons in Oakland in 2018 and 2019, when he really was a bottom of the ballot MVP candidate. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what exactly uh, Chapman turns into. I I think that he's probably not going to be the 2019 version of himself again. That's, that's like the hundredth percentile outcome. But I do think someone who ends the season with, you know, 30 home runs, a 125 WRC plus and gold glove caliber defense, that is definitely in the cards. And for the Jays, while that doesn't completely replace Marcus Semyon, I think you've also got a nice little platoon at second base. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, the, the most ideal situation, especially when you're replacing uh, Marcus Semyon. But I think Cavan Biggio and Santiago Espinal as a platoon is not the worst thing in the world. I think if, if that's your second base option, if if those are the guys who are going to be hitting eighth or ninth in your lineup every single day, you've definitely got, um you know, that's a first world problem in the baseball world.
1: <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, This division, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, certainly talking with Feinberg, and I mean, I'm a big Chiefs guy. We've been talking about this AFC West and how this division in the National Football League is as low as maybe we've ever seen. Like, we can just forget about the Orioles for a minute, but between the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Tampa Bay Rays, who always seem to find a way, I mean, is this sort of the Major League's equivalent of that division right now with four teams that anyone could make an argument how they could win?
3: Oh, I think so. I mean, it's 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 literally unprecedented. I know that that word gets thrown around a lot, but last season in the wildcard era, it was the first division to ever feature four 90-game winners. Uh, we just never seen anything like that. And, you know, if if last season's or this season's playoff format had been in place last season, all three wildcard spots in the American League would have been filled by American League East teams. I mean, it's really incredible to think about. Um, You know, you can put as much stock as you want into particular projection systems. I know it's oftentimes a very big joke in MLB Twitter about uh, these projection systems and how crazy they can be. But um, Dan Symborski of Fangraphs put out his Zips projections yesterday. And Zips has the Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Rays all finishing with exactly 88 wins this season. And I think that truly says... I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. It's the ultimate fence-sitting position by a prognostication system. But it's just hilarious how tight these teams are. And I really think for as much as I do think the Blue Jays have a legitimate shot at winning the World Series this year, it is a reason why when you start looking at some of the odds, I know on the DraftKings book, the Rays are plus 330 to win the American League East. That just feels wrong. Like, I, I, it just feels like a bet that I would want to make considering the Rays have just always found a way to get this done. You know, even though they trade Austin Meadows like two days ago in the most Rays move possible, this is a team that always finds a way to be competitive, whether it's because of their bullpen, because of their ability to, uh, you know, manipulate and develop starting pitching uh, and just their way to utilize platoon advantages and, and, and lineup construction. So I, I think with Wander Franco still there and and, and probably going to be developing into one of the better players in the league this season, uh I, I still think the Rays have a really good chance and again that speaks to just how crazy this division actually is
1: gary just quickly to take a trip to the uh, nl for a minute um i mean to me this dodgers lineup speaking of unprecedented the amount of mvps they have in it the amount of money they've sunk into it is nuts and i mean i could almost make the argument that even as short of a number at five to one to win the world series i think there might be value on the dodgers because of just how damn good they are um i think we all agree the dodgers are the team Who's next in the NL? Who, who like, do you, do you see many teams really challenging them for that spot in the world series? Albeit, we know anything can happen in the playoffs.
3: I mean, I think the Braves, uh, you know, you, you got to talk about the rating champions, I guess. Uh, but the Braves lineup, even today without Ronald Acuna Jr. Available. Uh, and he'll probably be back in in early May, mid May. I think that's sort of the diagnosis right now. Um, they've got like Dansby Swanson hitting ninth in their lineup. He had 27 home runs last season. It, it is a stacked lineup in Atlanta their starting pitching might not be, you know, tops in the league. It might not really blow anyone away, but again, there's a lot of depth there. And I think that's important to just make it through a 162 game season. Um, so I think the Braves are really, really good. And I would also say this was my sort of like dark horse team last year. And then they immediately got swept out of the playoffs, which was a bummer. But I still think the Milwaukee Brewers uh, can really make a lot of noise. They're just a team designed in a laboratory to cause problems in the playoffs. I mean, going into last season, you know if, if if especially now with the days off and between some of these games and 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 how all those things work between rounds, I mean, between Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta, you've argu- arguably got three of the top five pitchers in the national league in your starting rotation. um if you're throwing out those guys even in five of seven games in a seven game series, let alone seven of seven games in a seven game series. I think you have to take a team like that seriously. And I think last time I looked, they were 15 to one, 16 to one to win the world series. I think those are pretty good odds.
1: Gary and Thorne's with us from the DK playbook and the media media network. Hey, before we go, and I know we've been talking baseball, but I know you've done some great work on the NBA. I just have to ask you what the hell happened to the LA Lakers this year? I mean, they are out of the playoffs. I mean, (laughs) listen, I mean, we've been spending most of the time here focusing on hockey and whatnot, but it just seems almost impossible that a team with that much star power is not even going to be in the plan, which of course LeBron famously said was a joke a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if one of the better stories is the way to put it, but I've certainly enjoyed it. I'm um, here for most, it. Yeah. Most, most people are enjoying this. I think, um, look, it's it's probably too simplistic to just say injuries and make that the headline. But I think the thing to think about with the Lakers is when you construct a team primarily out of, 35-year-old former All-Stars, and Anthony Davis. If you're not baking in a little bit of injury, I think you're kind of doing your projections wrong as a general manager or team president. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that they lost Davis for two large stretches of the season with different injuries. Uh, LeBron, obviously, starting to miss time, uh, dealt with knee injuries and ankle injuries throughout the season. But really, this comes back to just a decision that, you know, whether you want to say it was the management group or whether you want to say it was LeBron James made, but there were a couple different options on the table during the offseason. They had the option to sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan, who would have played for the Lakers in a heartbeat. I think that is the dream of DeMar DeRozan, who grew up in Compton and and idolized Kobe Bryant. He would have gone there in a second. They had the option to trade, you know, Kyle Kuzma and uh, KCP to go after maybe a package of players centered around um, you know, Buddy Heald, who you know, not an amazing name by any stretch of the imagination, but a really good complementary player, especially considering LeBron's skill set. He's just a sharpshooter from three. He can handle the ball a little bit. Uh, they could have kept Alex Caruso in that in that situation, but instead they decided to go all in on Russell Westbrook, and it just went terribly, as I think a lot of people who have watched the NBA the last three four years could have anticipated. So I would have never thought they would miss the playoffs. I would have never thought they would have missed the play-in tournament. But I mean. When you turn injury lock down to like 2% and you make some terrible roster decisions at the beginning of the season, this is kind of what happens. Gary, and this has been so
1: much fun having you on the program. Uh, For folks that are fired up for baseball season that want to find more of your content, fill us in on what you've got going on at the DK Playbook. And of course, over with our guys, Pat and the gang at the Mail Media Network.
3: Yeah. Um, so on the DK playbook, uh, I'll have DFS covered for baseball on Tuesdays and Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'll take a DF or a betting angle on Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, you know, always be popping up with some video content as well. I'm sure I'll be over talking to Pat and Tim about baseball at some point very soon, but yeah, follow me at Gary and Thorne, uh, you know, check out my work on the DK playbook and it's gonna be a great season guys. Who's got your nickel tonight in opening day uh i really like the over in the nationals mets game i think it is a terrible pitching matchup so i'm gonna go over nine runs in that one it's my favorite beautiful play.
1: let's start one and oh gary and let's do this again sometime during the season thanks so much for the time i really appreciate it it was a lot of fun man thanks pal there he is gary and Thorne. um listen i've been a big fan of Gary's work and some of the funniest stuff you'll find on the internet is when he gets together with pat mayo especially with tim anderson All media media network on YouTube and check out some of this great content that they've got. And uh, yeah, certainly if you want a real sharp edge when it comes to. I know Remus is into this daily fantasy as well as what's going on in the majors. Check out what Gary has got both on Twitter and over at the DK playbook. All right, much more to come. We are going to get back to the Jets. Rui is going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, First things first, though, a big thanks to Colligan Water for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Colligan have been the leaders in the water business for your family or your business for over 65 years here in Winnipeg and Manitoba as a family owned business. They've got it all, water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and city-wide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions for your place of business. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue, or give them a call at 694-5180. You can find them online and all the services they've got here for the home, cottage, or business at Culligan, drinkculligan.com. Of course, the spring is here. Donnie and the guys at Manitoba Battery are switching over the shop from all automotive batteries all the time through the winter to everything that you need to dominate, both spring cleaning and summer fun. Whatever the tools you're using for your projects, whether it's the drill you've got, uh, whether it's some farm equipment, Manitoba battery can power you at the best price in town. And as we look ahead to this snow finally leaving, despite this ridiculous weather we've got right now, uh, boats, ATVs, golf carts, and more to get the most out of our Manitoba summer Manitoba batteries got it for you. They'll deliver anywhere in the city with same day delivery. When you order by one 30 in the afternoon at a much lower price than you'd have to pay at one of the big box stores, Manitoba battery home of the best prices in Winnipeg. They're at 1026 Logan Avenue, and you can find them online at manitobabattery.com. Well, Hey, we just had a great baseball conversation with Gary and Thorne opening day for the Jays is tomorrow but if you Jays fans want to get geared up for first pitch make sure to head down to Royal Sports and listen there's so much more than just the big leagues there i did get quite a few comments i wish i had it on me right now on the Winnipeg Whips hat that i uh, was wearing at the game last night um an incredible exclusive line of old school Winnipeg hats are also available Winnipeg Whips a uh, purple 1996 inaugural season Manitoba Moose 80s blue bombers and i believe They're expecting very soon a vintage gold eyes lid going back to the inaugural season back in 1994. And of course, soccer equipment, baseball equipment, uh, softball and more bikes, everything you need to make the most of spring and summer is waiting for you down at Royal Sports. It's 750 Pemina Highway, and you can uh, check them online. At Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Brandon's gonna join us in a few minutes right now. Uh, Remo, I, I and I know the timing of getting Garion on was great uh, because of course, it is opening day, but you have also been spending quite a bit of time the last two, three nights doing all your baseball drafts. um uh, what do you think of the Jays as uh, kind of bounding off that conversation we just had with
2: Garion? Yeah, it's been busy. Uh, I just couldn't do anything Monday and Tuesday night. I was sitting on my computer doing drafts. I mean, I think you have to like the Jays. Um, you know, they lost, as you said, lost Robbie Ray, but you bring in Gaussman. I think, you know, even though he didn't win the Cy Young, that might even be an upgrade in terms of track record. Uh, you hope that the bullpen can be better and, and solidify with Jordan Romano, and that could have been the difference between playoffs and not playing at home. Uh you know, having a full season of Jose Barrios. I mean, team seems loaded and ready to go for a, a playoff run. Uh, Vlad Goro Jr., you know, uh, MVP, you know, is between him and Otani. Like, sorry he doesn't also pitch, but, uh, I mean, he's a candidate for that. So, I mean, they're pretty loaded. I mean, we I didn't mention Teoscar Hernandez, who low-key, you know, might be better than George Springer, who they signed to that big contract. So they have so much talent up and down the lineup rotation is solid, bullpen solid. You're playing at home. Now it's time to put it all together. The one thing working against them is that they play in this division that just seems uh so tough every year. Uh, the Yankees, while they're not, you know, the juggernaut that they, you know, used to be, they're still very strong. Boston's kind of in the in the middle Tampa and Tampa's always very good. I mean, the Orioles aren't competitive, but the rest of them are and that's a lot more than the other divisions out there, so I think that would probably be the biggest reason to bet against them. As he said, in the zips projection system, which uh, I do look at, he had them all even. So, I mean, you hope things, (laughs) that's so funny. What would happen? I I mean,
1: I, I'm not familiar enough with the tie-breaking procedures of the major leagues. What would happen if four
2: teams in a division (laughs) finished with the same record? I don't know. They changed it this year that I don't think they have that. um, You know, used to have like the wild card play in game. Uh, you know when teams were tied I don't think they're doing that anymore that was one of the change one of the many changes this year which include uh, having DH in the NL but uh, I mean I've seen the ratings for J Spring training they're they're very strong so you know once the season gets going and underway um I think after the, maybe the first month you know people are going to see hey this is a pretty good team and I know a lot of people very excited you know the talking with the Jets how depressing it is and we've seen comments in chat feels like A funeral in here and this is depressing (laughs) blah 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 but i think the jays you can really get really excited about but as you said they kick off the season uh tomorrow not today you know a couple games are i'm wearing a seattle hat their game against the twins are postponed like i don't know why mlb does this every year but schedules like twins for the first (laughs) week of the season this happens every year and they get snowed (laughs) out i don't know why are they scheduling Yeah, it's the Twins, the Twins and Colorado in first
1: week of the season. There's inevitably a blizzard in one of those two cities, and they end up missing out an entire... And listen, missing a three-game series right now due to weather Mm -hmm. is really going to impact the schedule later on. As Gary had mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of scheduled doubleheaders this year because of sort of, you know, the late start of the season and trying to cram everything together. Um, So anyways, we will see. Some great comments in chat, by the way. Um, and the Barfly says, anyone remember the Whips old baseball stands at the south end of the stadium? I mean, listen, I, I and I think many people weren't even born then would love to hear more about that if anyone had some experience back in the early 70s at the uh, the stadium for the Winnipeg Whips. I do remember that the uh, I, I do remember the Goldeyes first couple seasons, um, as well as a game where the Goldeyes played against the uh, a Blue Jays roster, which included Cecil Fielder. And Cecil was like check swinging homers into that ridiculously short porch in left field. Pretty funny, uh, pretty funny baseball memories. And of course, we do have Goldeyes season coming up. I'm very much looking forward to having Andrew Collier on. Speaking of things to get you feeling good and excited about, Think of summer, think of baseball, think of crowds back at the ballpark and another great gold die season. And I won't give it away, but for guys like myself and Remus who love what is available at the ballpark as much as the game itself, and I'm talking about the amazing concessions down at the ballpark, holy smokes, do they have some amazing additions this year. We'll have Andrew Collier, the GM, come on the program relatively soon to tee up the season and hey another great thing too and we'll start talking about valor fc valor doesn't play at home until the first of may but today is also the first game of the cpl and i think that with the incredible excitement about canada qualifying for the world cup i certainly am hoping that that means some you know increased support and new fans coming out to check out the canadian premier league including our own valor fc with phil Dos Santos in his first full season as the uh, as the head coach listen we're gonna get branded on in just one second let's do a quick breezy bend golf report and take a look at the masters leaderboard of course breezy Bend are great partners when it comes to golf i cannot wait to get out to the course this season um if you are interested in maybe the most premier home for golf for you and your family in the province um very full this year they've had incredible success over the last couple seasons growing the membership base and making incredible uh, additions and changes to the course. Give Corey Johnson a call, find out what's going on with the waiting list. And certainly if you're thinking about uh, an incredible spot for a wedding in the future, Breezy Bend the spot too. All the information's there at breezybend.ca. A very quick look at the leaderboard. uh, Danny Willett, former Green Jacket winner and maybe the greatest bet I ever made, 100 to 1 to win that event. Shout out to Feinberg and Mayo who got me on that one. Danny Willett is tied for the lead right now at 3-under par. He's playing 16. Other guys at 3-under, Daniel Berger on his back nine. He's on 15 right now. Cam Smith and Yoki Neiman both at 3-under. They're playing 14. And Sunjay M, birdie, the first three holes. He's 3-under, and he's just playing the sixth hole right now. Uh, As far as Eldrick Tiger Woods... He just got back into the red one under par for Tiger playing 14. All right, let's get to it. Brandon Rewicki joins us right now. And listen, Brandon, we're going to have to talk Jets for a minute. But uh, quickly, I know you've been very busy today, but part of it has been at least keeping one eye on the tube and watching Tiger. What have you thought about the uh, early part of Thursday at the Masters, in particular, Mr. Woods' performance?
0: Yeah, early MVP so far has been um, Josh from Blue's Clues. So shout out to Blue's Clues for <laughs> throwing it on the laptop and giving me the TV screen for a couple hours. after earlier this morning, um, but I mean, t- Tiger's looking pretty good, man. But man, it's tough to watch him walk out there. Like he, I, I wonder what he's gonna be like come Saturday, Sunday. But how could you not be impressed with Neiman, man? I mean. What one of the announcers said, usually your, uh, your, your ball speed isn't uh, higher than your weight, but that's the case with this kid here. And, and he's, he's looked pretty damn impressive so far. I, I've been, I've been pretty impressed by what he's put together here and I'm not surprised. I, I think you're in the same boat too, to see Cam Smith up at the top of the leaderboard already. Don't be shocked if he's uh, in that same spot come Sunday. Well, no doubt, except for the fact that he
1: doubled number one. I mean, he came out and shot a six on the first hole. And you're like, oh, man, you know, maybe this isn't going to be his week. He won the players, hasn't played very much. But, you uh, know, kill a cam, getting it done right now. He is at three under par. And uh, Harry Higgs as well, the cult favorite, one under par. He's in the uh, the house. And a couple other former guys. I mean, Charles Schwartzel there. And a guy who was really interested to see. I've got a little scratch on him. Scotty Scheffler for a number one player in the world, the hottest player on the planet to I mean, sort of be an afterthought at this event. And, you know, maybe you could make an argument that everybody was an afterthought because of Tiger playing. Um, But it's interesting to see him. He's two under par playing the 12th hole. Listen, we'll maybe get back to a little more Masters at the end of the conversation, but let's get to it. Um, We've had a lot of great Jets conversations on the program I think we all knew that this team was not going to the playoffs, but I'd said yesterday on the program, you know, you got 12 games left. I mean, this season isn't over as much as the playoff hopes for all intents and purposes are. Um, I said yesterday, I wanted to see a bunch of players playing for pride, playing for their jobs, being professionals out there. Um, and we really, I mean, of all the times to expect a win, you've got the Detroit Red Wings coming in, traveling the night before, being one of the worst teams in the league, um, and then we saw that last night. I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, I'm still a little bit you know, beside myself about that game being in there last night and just how disappointing it was. And in some ways, I kind of thought it was maybe a culmination of the entire season. If you want to see what's happened to the Winnipeg Jets, um, hold your nose and watch that game again. I mean, well, what did you see last night, Brandon?
0: I'm honestly surprised that you're as shocked at what happened there because you're right. Like that's. There is your 2022 Jets in a nutshell, right? And you can make the case that, you know, over the last month or so, no, and I don't even think it's close either. No team's been as bad as the Red Wings. Like, they they had a great start to the year for them, but they've been giving up eight, nine, ten spots all over the place. And it, it just was a perfect prime candidate for a schedule win for the Jets. Like, you Don't forget up. the eleven spot that they gave up yeah, as well. Sorry, yeah. I
1: believe they're the first team that's ever that on different nights has given up 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, <laughs> 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 goals on a yeah. particular night. Yeah, that well, was
0: the team that beat the Jets last night. Yeah, it was only one. It was only one last night. So that, that, was, <laughs> that was the issue there. And, hey, I mean, Grice played good for, for a large chunk of the game. But I, I wouldn't say the Jets got goalie. And I, I think maybe the yeah. most disappointing part was that I liked the first period from the Jets. They they kind of did what you would expect them to do in the game. But who was the better team minute after minute after minute as the game went on? The Red Wings just kind of slowly took over control of that game. And, you know, they, they earned that win. They, they were full marks for the W. So I'm honestly not surprised. Disappointed, sure. I mean, there's no excuse for them to lose to a team as bad as the Red Wings. But this is what they've done all year right? They've gotten lucky to be honest, to be in the spot that they're at getting the bonus point against Buffalo, Arizona, Columbus in this past week and a half alone, but the jets when's the, when's the last time they kind of blew out a team? Like when's the last time they, they really took it to the opposition for the course of let's just say 50 minutes, not even 60 minutes. I feel like it's been at least a month. Well, yeah, it was Tampa of all teams. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Tuesday night in early March. Um, (laughs) But you know what, I mean, I was thinking this, like in a lot of ways, the team just looks so rudderless right now. And I'm not sure whether so much was put into Paul Maurice and it was Maurice's club and, you know, the strange way that he left and the circumstances around it. I mean, we haven't seen anything really get better other than maybe a blip and the penalty kill from Dave Lowry going forward. Um, But you know what I mean? I, I just, last night, a couple things that came to mind. I went out, I was holding that Hellebuck bobblehead and I just felt terrible for him. Because this is a guy that has given this team so much and all of those players so much. And frankly, you know, raised the performance of this team over the course of his tenure here um, to levels that probably in a lot of ways the team maybe didn't deserve. Um, and then to have a, a, a performance like that in front of him, um, you know, and he's been the one guy, if you've noticed, I mentioned these helmet presentations earlier. Um, you know, the last couple of games where he's been given the helmet for obvious reasons, there was no one else you could give it to. Um, you know, he kind of said, hey, we got to do a couple things better, guys, but let's go and make the playoffs like upbeat and unwavering belief in himself. But I have to admit, I mean, even a guy like Connor Hellebuck, the unique individual he is, I imagine that the belief in some of the guys in that room has to be waning right now.
0: Yeah, I, I thought at first you were going to say you were going to go all Philly and, and toss one of the, the, Helle, the Hellebuck <laughs> bobbleheads onto the ice there. But it's, it's good you held back. <laughs> I mean, how can't you feel? It's, it's three years in a row now. Where it's just no support. It, 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 Read like this. It reminds me of Felix Hernandez with the Mariners when he was winning. So like you got to give a guy a little bit support. It, it's it's like an ace pitcher that's getting one or two runs a game. That's that's been Connor Hellebuck here in Winnipeg. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's not to the point where, because you know how fiery of a competitor that he is, that he's looking. Yeah, you know, I'm not getting much help here. Maybe I need to go elsewhere. You hope that he hasn't reached that point mentally because then things get really really dicey this upcoming offseason here I don't think it has but you know it's 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 not difficult to envision a scenario where where Connor Hellebuck might demand either I get more help or I find a team that gets me more help but even in the game against the Red Wings he's making stops to either keep it a one goal game or to keep it a tie game the whole time he's it hasn't been the most stellar campaign for him but I, I would say that Especially in this past couple of weeks, you know, holding on to the the slightest of hopes for a playoff push that he's really elevated his game. I don't know if the numbers, you know, the raw save percentage necessarily outlines just how how strong Connor Hellebuck has been to try to drag this corpse of a team into the second wildcard spot.
1: You know, I think the Grindline podcast has just popped into the chat and I believe that's a Wings podcast. They say, what's up, everyone? Great game, right? (laughs) Hey, you know what? Own it. Someone needs to feel good about that one last night. And I tell you what, it's not everybody else in this chat room right now or the Winnipeg people that are watching this game. Uh, But, you know, credit to the Red Wings. And I've said this earlier, Brandon, I'll get your thoughts on it. I mean, let's face it. This team stinks. They've been out for three or four months. We're making tea times for, you know, next month at New Year's. Um, And they've been getting killed lately. For them to play the way they did, like we're so used to, and again, this goes back to, I mean, really a long time. I mean, we always loved listening to Paul Maurice. But I mean, Maurice would spin these tales of the hardest travel in the world and the back-to-backs, and we heard it over and over again. In some ways, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it sort of became this team that last night has thought, you know, has had this, like, oh, it's so hard to win that way. And we saw what happened to the Jets after a good first period last week in Toronto in a game they had to have and they were up to nothing. It almost seemed like the Jets expected that, well, the situation the Wings are in, they're just going to pack it up and, and leave. And they didn't. I mean, for that team to dominate the game the way they did in the second half in the situation that they were in um, is one of the most damning things about what happened last night.
0: Hey, man, if if the Jets were as good and making excuses as they were at playing hockey, they'd be somewhere just behind Colorado for, for tops in the central <laughs> division. I, this is something that's bothered me for so long. All the, all the schedule and the travel, like, like no other team in the NHL time. Travel except the we're going to make a special
1: shirt. My time God.
0: WST time zones shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, that's bothered me for so long, but I, I like the Red Wings. I, you know, they, they were kind of in it in the first couple of months of the season and they've, kind of fallen back to where i think everybody expected them to be right now but man i i don't care that he's a rookie that that cider kid is already one of the best defensemen in the nhl dude like, what a stud cool. what a stud he is and do you and remember was- the draft when when uh, that was stevie Eiserman's first pick sixth overall and everyone's like i wonder who stevie's gonna take it, it's this german kid and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people going Ugh, i don't know that might be a bit of a reach here and he's I like. I mean, I don't even think it's much as good as Bunting's been. I don't think it's much of a debate for the Calder, but I would oh. be very intrigued to see how high he he push in the voting when it comes to to the Norris Trophy even this season.
1: Well, I mean, he he should listen absolutely Calder, and I'll tell you what, we also got a chance to see Lucas Raymond last night that has some real world Crazy. skill and, and talent. And keep in mind, these were seasons when Detroit were expecting to potentially win the lottery. I mean, they were yeah. that, and they kept on going down. A couple of years in a row, but, you know, credit to them. We saw a couple really great, uh, great players last night. Um, and listen, uh, you know, it'll be fun to see them. And I was thinking about the Red Wings and sort of where the Jets were, because I don't think we've ever thought, I certainly haven't thought about the Jets being a team that, you know, you would ever actually blow up when you've got, you know, the contract signed with the players like Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebuck and Josh Morrissey and whatnot. But man, dude, I was spending a lot of time this morning thinking about where this team is. And maybe it's just, you know, you're still feeling, you know, the, the bad after the game last night and so disappointed. But I mean, a lot of ways this team and the organization is as rudderless as it's been at any point going forward. And you looked last night, like in that game, and I thought Dubois had a real rough game, certainly in his own end. And that's something that he's actually been quite good at this year you see things falling apart from the the places that were strengths with the exception of connor hellebuck i look at the team and you know with the exception of a few players i don't really think that there's many untouchables but it also gets me thinking like in addition to an assumed entirely new coaching staff which i think is absolutely necessary you do wonder from the general manager's chair i mean do they realize that maybe this is more than just you know one or two changes and bringing a couple lower you know younger players in I, I mean, maybe it's time to think about some a, a really significant shake up to the core, more than just, you know, one player, as I mentioned.
0: Yeah, it's it's obviously the biggest decision that's going to be made this offseason is there, there's the two routes, right? Everybody knows the Calgary route where that team looked rudderless last year. And now they're the second best team in the West and have a decent chance of going to the cup finals. You can go that route and, and it can work. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, you know, just change the coaching staff, too, and and don't see any kind of significant improvement to certain areas as well. So it's not a guarantee that you do that. And, and that's what you get happen to your team just a couple months later. But there's also the Minnesota Wild that moved on from their leadership group. And they, they took a loss, right? They took a loss on the cap. They took a loss talent-wise too. But they've arguably improved because it allows a new leadership group to take over. And, and it's almost like a breath of fresh air for a team. And, and that's, there's a lot of people around the NHL. Never mind in Winnipeg, but I've seen Ray Ferraro mention it. I've seen Craig Button mention it that the Jets are just stagnant as a group. Like they're just kind of they're just stuck in no man's land right now, and that that's how they play a lot of nights too. Like in that game against the Red Wings, and you know, like Logan Stanley isn't the problem, but I mean, a six foot seven guy losing a, a puck battle along the back of the wall as easily as he did
1: to a five nine American leaguer. 29 yeah. years old. I mean, this guy, we looked it up. I said, i said to Rios, so I'm like, who the hell was that 42 last night for Detroit? And we had to go look up. Oh, it's Kyle Criscuolo. Uh, Four games in the league this year. That was his second career NHL assist. His only other NHL experience was nine games with the 17, 18 Buffalo Sabres. And I don't think I need to remind you how terrible that team was. And listen, I got a lot of respect for guys that spend a lot of time in the American Hockey League. But... If that play didn't um, you know, in a lot of ways magnify the team's struggles as well as Logan Stanley's at times, I mean for a six seven guy to get worked off the puck behind the net in your own zone to set up an uncovered Michael Rasmussen for the winning goal. I mean that basically tells yeah. you all you need to know about what's happening right now with this yeah. team.
0: Two acts at it too, by the way, not not just one a <laughs> <have the> couple <laughs> acts, which is again par for the course. but that, that's what I'm talking about. Like it, Stanley's the where's the gold horns on the play? But that could have been basically any jet. I, I don't even know who would be the exception so far this year because Dubois had a bit of a letdown in, in the game and on the first goal for the Red Wings, too, right? There's just, I have not seen any intensity or urgency or battle basically all year long from 95% of the team. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I, I and I don't know what you do at this point because it does feel a little bit like there's something rotten with this team. And if that's the case, you can't just bring a new coach in and expect something significant to change next year. But at the same time, you know, if you do move guys out, you're, you're probably losing in the talent department and it's, it's tough to win hockey games consistently if you don't have enough talent. So like there, I just, I don't think any of us really know what the right answer is right now. But the main thing is, what we've seen over the course of this season just can't happen anymore. It can't happen again. And and if the Jets went up and played a team like the Minnesota Wild right now, for example, it, it would just be night and day. Like you watch the Wild play, and sure they have guys like Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello and, and Fiala, but if you want an inch of ice, you're going to have to earn it. Like the Minnesota Wild, better than any team in the NHL, are are, are physical. They skate with pace and intensity, and they make you earn ice, passing goal, all that. The Winnipeg Jets might be the easiest team to play against in the NHL, right? Like, they, they might not be the worst team, but I think they're the easiest team to play against because you don't leave Winnipeg after 60 minutes and feel black and blue all over, or at the very least have to work for, for you know, the hard spots on the ice, right? I mean, what did Bruce Cassidy say? Well, I was just going to bring right? up
1: Cassidy because that comment, and you never hear opposing coaches you know, talk about their opponents like that. And I mean, I don't know whether it was just a complete lack of respect for Winnipeg and what they've done so far this season, because I think they do realize there's a lot of good players on this team. But he's sort of matter-of-factly said, well, I mean, look at Winnipeg. They have a real tough time in front of their net. They have a tough time protecting slot shots. I mean, that is what maybe the most damning indictment of a team, especially a team that's supposedly good and, you know, has the tools to to be a good team. That I can remember, and I got to tell you, he was absolutely spot yeah. on, Brandon. We're seeing an example of it night after night after night.
0: Yeah, and he's like, he said, Base, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> this, is, this is what you're terrible at, and we're going to go ahead and exploit it. And that, that's what ended up happening. And th- the funny thing, too, about that is it's not, like, I know a lot of people say it's a size issue. The team isn't big enough or, or, or things like that. But like we saw last night. Brandon Dillon and Logan Stanley have been very poor in front of the net so far this season. If anything, it's been two of their smallest guys in Morrissey and Demello that have kept a pretty clean sheet in front of their net. Like it's, it's. I don't think it's to just call it a size issue is is too easy for me. They need guys more so in the mold of Blake Coleman's in the mold of Zach Hyman's and Michael Bunting's. I, I don't really care about size per se but there just needs to be a whole lot more bite when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets and and they need guys that you know that you know if there's a puck battle in the corner the Winnipeg Jets are going to be the team to come out with it that that's not the case right now you know even with all the skill and the talent and everything that there there's just not a lot of guys that are playing with a lot of intensity and and that's that's the scary part and that's where that's where you do wonder can a can a new coach and a new coaching staff come in and is that the Is that the impetus for the team to do a complete 180 when it comes to just simply effort? Or is it going to have to be, you know what, a coach comes in, but we have to move one or two guys out to enforce that message, to let everybody know that last season, inexcusable, unacceptable, and there has to be a better path for us moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with accountability, personal accountability, and you know, some and the Jets have never been accountable outwardly. I mean, you know, they keep it all inside, you know, the coaching staff, and it's been the MO of the organization from the get-go. I mean, never really, um, you know, is, you know, called it the way everyone sees it. Everyone knows exactly what the situation is. And I mean, I think that's sort of part of the reason that I really do feel sorry. I mean, it's the usual suspects that get rolled out here after every one of these losses. Josh Morrissey, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, And to hear Morrissey last night asked by Ken, you know what what said in the in the room afterwards, and he just said absolutely nothing. You just realize, I mean, I have thought that this team had a had you know the emotional level of this team was missing. something was missing for a long time, and we can call it whatever we want, you can blame it on the leadership, you can blame it on the coaches for not getting, you can blame it on the entire team for not being committed to what they need to do. Where that starts. I mean, there's all sorts of theories for that. But the bottom line is that it is just missing. And if you don't have that um, accountability to yourself, to one another, there's certainly no accountability to the fan base, and that's never been the case that they've done. Um, I think it manifests itself in the way that we've seen in this incredibly disappointing season for a team that should be capable of so much more.
0: Well, and especially... and. We, we could sugarcoat it, but we're, we're really talking about the, the, the main suspects here, right? Just imagine being a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, for example, who, you know, bad game against Detroit, but for the most part has busted his ass all season long. Physical presence, you know, pretty solid offensive production. All Looks that like stuff. he actually cares every time he goes out on the ice. So just put yourself in his shoes for a second, and you're seeing Mark Scheifele, basically do the opposite effort-wise. And he's getting two, three minutes more of ice time a night, each and every night. And by the time the end of the season rolls around, what's, like, what, 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 what's the impetus for you to go out there and give 100%, you know what I mean? Like It's like, well, what? I, I'm kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't, I could work hard, but I obviously don't get rewarded for it. And if all the fans out there are seeing a lack of effort, lack of compete defensively, all that stuff, what, what do you think's being said in that room? Like, the players obviously are not oblivious to this whatsoever. So I can, when, when we hear there's something rotten inside that Jets dressing room, uh, there, there's a big part of me that wonders how many people are just, quite frankly, pissed off at the lack of effort shown by the guys that should be driving the boat here. Because you could point to a handful of players that, for the most part this entire season, have been, you know, you could give them an A grade, right? I mean, you have Connor, even with his defensive was Kyle Connor, Dubois, Josh Morrissey, maybe DeMello, right? Like that, that's for what pretty... for what Demelo is. I mean,
1: I think he's certainly been there and he's
0: done it. And Lowry in the second half, no doubt about it, he's taking yep. his game to a new level. But. You know, it's, it's those guys that have brought it, for the most part, each and every night. And I, I just wonder how they feel looking around the room, seeing some of the efforts that we've seen this season. And it, it, I can totally understand that from a locker room perspective, there might be a decent amount of turmoil. Obviously, we're not hearing, but I, I think there's a decent amount going on there. And that's why you see some performances like we saw against Detroit last night. Yeah, and listen, I
1: mean, I'll give Blake Wheeler credit. I mean, he's been playing hard and, and you know, has actually been playing quite well as of late. Uh, Maurice always used to say, though, that, Maurice, uh, that Wheeler might not be the loudest guy, but had the ability to, uh, I believe the quote was, embarrass others with effort. And if that is the standard that you're putting on your captain, who I will agree, I mean, I'm n- I've never questioned when Blake Wheeler gets out there for a shift, if he's giving it his all or anything like that. Um but there's certainly other guys that you can absolutely have that question mark on it. And the lack of accountability, I think has, has done exactly that. And just a little bit more on Dubois. And this is what scares the hell out of me, considering the price that they paid to get this young man here and the way he's looked this season. I mean, we've talked all year long about, Oh, he seems to like it here. He's a great fit for the club. We need to get him signed long-term. They absolutely need to do that. But honestly, if I'm Pierre to Dubois, just with what you've said right now, I don't know how fired up I am to ink eight years with this team and this organization before knowing, okay, what, wait a second. I don't want to do this again this year. How are things going to be different? Will I be legitimately part of the leadership group? Will that be, and and listen, if that's the case and he's willing to take that on, I think he's a great guy for a role like that. Um, But there's a lot that goes into that sort of commitment for the prime years of your National Hockey League career as a player that you know has the stats and the, the background, the, the overall pick of Dubois. And um, listen, it makes me nervous thinking about that right now because I don't think it's as much a slam dunk as much as certainly the Jets want him to do it. I think there's things that need to happen before he's like, okay, I'm in. I'm a Winnipeg Jet for the prime years of my career. Yeah,
0: ironically, those were the same questions Patrick Lainey got right before he got traded. You know, can they get him signed to a 7 eight year deal? Well, is there going to be ice time? Is there going to be this and this? Oh, uh, we don't know. Well, he's out to Columbus a couple years later. Uh, and I agree. Like, I don't even think it necessarily has to be, you know, I want an A or a C or a letter on my jersey, but, you know, my my play warranted 20-plus minutes a night this year right like and that's a big part that's a big thing for players maybe the main thing more than anything is am i going to be the guy you lead on to give the most minutes to and and that's i think going to be the the crux of the discussion to begin with but he's he's got the jets in a really difficult spot like when you talk about leverage it's all on pld side here because he can push hey if i'm i'm totally fine with signing a two year deal or or whatever it is walk me into ufa and I can have my pick of the litter when it comes to where I'm going to be playing for the next six, seven, eight years. Right. It's, it's, it's a difficult spot for the jets to be. And there's no doubt about it. They might have to end up overpaying on a long term deal. I, Hey, if I'm Kevin Chevalier, off, I, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Pierre, if you want six, seven, eight, we'll find a way to get it done because I mean, I, I don't even think we're scratching the surface yet as to how good this kid can be. There's, there's a lot more good for, for Pierre Dubois. We haven't seen, his peak just yet. Well, I'd say the same thing.
1: I'd say the same thing um, in a different way about Ehlers. And you don't have the questions about whether he's going to sign. He is signed going forward, but I'll say this. I mean, whoever is in charge of this team next year, one of the other things that I think they absolutely have to do, and maybe this is not just coaching, but also general manager, when it comes to figuring out what pieces you're moving out, you're moving in, is to get Nikolai Ehlers in a situation where he's comfortable, he's connecting in that top six and you're able to play him in a Dubois-type role with 20-plus minutes a night and getting the most out of Nikolaj. Because it has been, for a guy that is so talented and you know his points per 60, all of those things, the fact that they haven't found a regular spot for him on a line even up until this point, I think is um, you know, also at the top of the list to figure out, because if it doesn't get figured out, you're wasting one of the most talented players on your roster.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, we we talk about all the the issues surrounding the team, but I think there's a large group of the fan base that, and they would never say this publicly before the year, obviously, but if you just kind of flipped Shifley and Wheeler's minutes with Dubois and Ehlers, I think a lot of people would be happy. Ah, like, that's that's a perfect start to the upcoming season. And, and it's a relatively easy fix, too, right? It's, you know, nothing more than just calling a different name over the board a couple times a period. And I think, I think their play is warranted that. And I, I think, too, you know, the funny thing is giving Nikolai Ehlers more ice time moving forward or next year, is that I think it helps Blake Wheeler out, too. I think you, I think you get a better Blake Wheeler over the course of a season. So you're, you're getting the best out of both players, in my opinion. And, and I think that's... Now, the, the fit and, and where he's going to play, that will be an interesting discussion moving forward depending on, you know, who gets added and who gets moved out and whatnot. But, yeah, th- there's, there's no doubt that even though he hasn't had the best season that, you know, Ehlers and Connor are your top two wingers that that's not really debatable moving forward into next year. And Hey, if, if you're a team and you want to find the easiest way to succeed, playing your best players, the most minutes is, is generally a, a foolproof way of doing that.
1: Rewiki, always great having you on the program. Uh, I don't think I need to ask you what you're going to be up to as soon as you log off here going forward. Uh, ti- we're going to be seeing Tiger Woods
0: on Saturday, right? I, I I I tend to stay away. I'm not, I'm a big believer in jinxes, so I guess I, I, you know what I, I did. Tweet he's gotta make the cut. I, I did tweet that he'd be lurking on Sunday, so I guess I kind of already did it. But yeah, I, I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see plenty of Tiger on the weekend. Is he gonna be wearing the jacket once again? I'm not so sure about that, but at, at the very least, you know, he's not moving too well, but the swing's looking pretty damn good. So. I uh, yeah, I'll be on the couch for the next couple of hours. So just text me if you need anything.
1: Tiger's back to even. And by the way, Camp Smith, who started off with a double bogey on one, uh, has now birdied uh, fourteen and fifteen. He's five under par right now. And Sungjae M four under through seven. Great start for Sungjae as well. B great stuff. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, Fill people in on uh, skates and
0: plates. When's coming out next? Tomorrow, coming out tomorrow morning. So you know the drill. (laughs) Great you know way to brighten
1: up your Friday morning, eh? A little yeah, bit of Jets talk on yeah, skates I know. And
0: I got the high of watching the Masters for the next couple hours, and I got to record about how awful they were against Detroit, so <laughs> can't wait.
1: Enjoy. Thanks for doing this, man. We'll uh, talk to you next week.
0: Beauty. Sounds good. See ya. Good,
1: good stuff. There's Brandon Rewicki. Make sure you're uh, checking out the podcast, Skates and Plates, next edition coming up tomorrow morning wherever you get your podcasts. All right, a big shout out to our friends over at Not Auto Corp. Uh, we've got the Tesla experience going right now. If you're thinking about getting into an electric vehicle, talk to the leaders in Teslas for just about a decade in Winnipeg over at Not Auto Corp, an amazing program which will let you drive, take home, charge a Tesla, and experience what it's like to uh, drive an electric vehicle at absolutely no cost if you do end up getting into a Tesla. And of course, if you're looking for a new vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams? An incredible place over at Not And check out what they've got going on at the Winnipeg Car Lab. Shout out to Willie Jefferson. I don't know if you saw Willie's new truck that they uh, tweeted out yesterday. An incredible wrap that was uh, all done by the experts over at the Winnipeg Car Lab. Waverly, McGil- Waverly and McGill and online over at not.ca a big cheers to our friends at little brown jug who of course are a finalist in the winnipeg nightlife awards for the best local beer pop on over to wnla.ca and give them a vote and give your boys at winnipeg sports talk a vote as well for top radio station slash podcast wnla.ca is the number we could certainly use the support would be pretty cool to get that, uh, considering everything that's happened over the past year. Um, And when it comes to Little Brown Jug, whether it's your local beer store, your liquor mart, your favorite restaurant, the 1919 is where you want to start, but I would suggest popping by the Brewery and Taproom on William Avenue and tasting all the incredible Little Brown Jug offerings. And if you do want home delivery, Little Brown Jug delivers Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And you can order online at littlebrownjug.ca. Hey, Brad Gushu continues to roll at the World Championships. Of course, Princess Auto, huge sponsors of curling. And curling's not done after the Worlds. The Princess Auto Players Cup coming up in a couple weeks. And that will be the final event for so many of these teams that have been together through the last four years in this Olympic Tour. We did find out some breaking news yesterday that Reed Carruthers is going back to skipping. And he's teaming up with Gunner Jason Gunlickson on a new squad. We'll get the boys on maybe sometime next week and talk about the upcoming season. Of course, Princess Auto, great sponsor of the Roaring Game. And the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two local locations or you can shop online 24-7-365 over at princessauto.com. All right. Been a lot of doom and gloom talking hockey so far today, considering what's happened with the Winnipeg Jets. But as we've mentioned, the Winnipeg Ice are on the opposite end of that spectrum, ready for a playoff run, a push for a WHL championship, and dare we say, maybe a Memorial Cup. Been the number one team in Canadian junior hockey for the majority of the season. Regular season winding down, playoffs just around the corner. Let's talk a little ice. With our good friend brian munz the play-by-play voice of the ice and the director of communications who i'm sure has been locked on the masters through most of the day but very kind to make a little time for your boys on wst munsey how are you doing
4: okay i've got you here and i've got tiger on 16 over here so- beautiful Keep if, us, I'm, if I'm wandering <laughs> on you, you know what's going on. How hey, are you, my man? I'm doing great.
1: Feel free to fist pump. You can let us know live <laughs> of something that's great happening with Tiger Woods. It's been awesome. And, hey, first off, um, love the fact that you're wearing that Humboldt jersey. I will give the Jets credit. The really nice um, uh, moment before the game last night with all the names of everyone that was affected in that crash. And um, You know, years later, though, that is still something that echoes throughout the junior hockey community, especially here on the Prairies.
4: Yeah. It's green shirt day today. Uh, Logan Boulet, of course, uh, from Lethbridge, his family started that initiative four years ago. And, uh, yeah, you know what, it's, it's hard to believe it was four years ago, but it seems like that the conversation continues on a weekly basis about, uh, any of those 29 that were involved on the bus that day. So that's the important thing right now. And, uh, always proud to wear the t-shirt and support my hometown and looking forward to our golf tournament again, coming up this summer that, uh, jared bedner and i've put together now for five years
1: well it's a it's a fantastic thing that you guys have done and uh, obviously very important to uh, continue the memory of all those young men and uh, you know one of the biggest tragedies in canadian history uh moving on to something a lot more uh, pleasant to talk about and that is the mm-hmm. team that you're calling right now first off how much fun have you been having getting back in the booth calling the, the uh, best and most exciting team in canadian junior hockey for the majority of the season
4: well, I knew it would be fun when, uh, I was offered the position, but I didn't think it would be like this Hus, to be all, uh, in perfect honesty with you. And, you know, it, the wins and losses aside, like take away the fact that they have a chance this weekend to hit 50 wins for the first time in franchise history. And when you have a 68 game, regular season schedule, you think about a 50 win year, you probably don't really know if that's realistic or not, but, uh, Boy, they've gone on a couple of winning streaks this year that have uh, eclipsed the double-digit mark now, and they just had uh, a long run come to an end in Moose Jaw last weekend, which, you know, they went 17 games without losing. They went 15-0, 1-1. And as much as you hate to see the team lose, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Only a couple of weeks outside of going into playoffs here whenever they officially get underway here in round one. So, uh, you know what? They've had a really good week of practice to – going to get themselves up and running again here. And, uh, and again, against medicine hat coming up on Saturday, Sunday, see if they can set a new franchise mark that, uh, this team has never been able to do before, but in a long winded answer, it, uh, it's been a tremendous amount of fun. It's been great to get back and see so many familiar faces around the different arenas from what I was there. And it's hard to believe that was back in 2004, 2005, when I left PA to go to Edmonton before coming into Winnipeg here. So, uh, it, uh, it's been a treat. It's been uh, it's been a blast.
1: Well, and, and it must be so great for you, but especially the players, the organization to sort of get through everything that the, the junior hockey especially has been dealing with over the last couple of years of back to fans. And uh, listen, I mean, I know that it's been, uh, you know, it's always a struggle, especially in a market like this with so many things going on. But I mean, we see it daily here with more and more people talking about the ice, getting out to the ice cave, enjoying the games and seeing just how good this team is that um, you know, there's a lot of positive momentum, and I imagine it is really going to keep going up as we get into the playoffs. There still is four games left in the regular season, though you mentioned. Yeah. so some records left to be broken, Um, and we got two games here at the Ice Cave Saturday and Sunday against Medicine Hat, and a couple more next week against Regina. But what's the focus of the team right now? They know they're in the playoffs. Is it basically jocking and really getting ready to play their best when it matters the most?
4: Yeah, I think that's bang on. Uh, obviously... You referenced the schedule and it's been, you know, something that everybody in the world has gone through through COVID and kind of what you can and what you can't do. And I think the players and coaching staff and management have done uh, just a masterful job in being able to handle it because you look back at it and you probably don't realize it when you're right in the middle of it. But they only played four games in the month of January all on the road. Carson Lambos earlier on this year, Minnesota wild first round draft pick. And of course, member of team Canada for the world juniors. He played two WHL regular season games in a span of 81 days. At one point, he was hurt going into world juniors. Then of course was in Edmonton and Red Deer. comes back. And then the whole calendar kind of got, you know, squished again for a little bit to the early parts of 2022. So they've had lots of different roller coasters all the way through. And then, to look at what they went through from mid-February to the end of March and then going into the last four games in April here right now, they played 24 games in 44 days. And they were able to run the table on them. They had the two games that, uh, you know, they lost in either a shootout or overtime, but were able to win 15 out of 17 straight up. So uh, it's been really cool to see. Like, it's really been fun to watch them manage this thing on a day-to-day basis. And, and they haven't really ever looked big picture. You know, you and I like to do that. And, uh, you know, people on the outside, when you you see the schedule, like, okay, how are they going to approach this week or something like that? But even based on the fact when you've got Medicine Hat coming in here on the weekend for Saturday, Sunday, they're not looking at Sunday's game at all right now. Like their total focus is the seven o'clock faceoff on pick the rink anti-bullying night Saturday. Um, you know, they're focused on trying to get that 50th win. And, you know, they're not even focused on number 50. They just want to win the game, which would obviously be that number 50 in the standings. So I like the approach that, uh, you know, James Patrick and Josh Green have really got these guys going with right now. That uh, you know, it's the oldest cliche in the book, but you just kind of take a shift by shift.
1: You know, Munzee, and there's so much excitement about the uh, the players. I mean, we'll get to the guys up front, but I want to talk about the goaltender because that is something that was um like listen, when we were talking about all the big storylines and all the big names on the team, Daniel Hauser wasn't the guy that, you know, was at the top of that list, but it doesn't take much to go over to the league leaders and look at save percentage and shutouts and goals against average and look at his name right at the top and of course you know, the the tandem has been great. Um and I think that speaks to the coaching job that James Patrick's done and the buy-in that the members of the Winnipeg Ice have done. Hey, it's great to score a lot of goals, but you got to take care of business in your own end and they've been a great example of exactly that for pretty much the entire year.
4: Yeah. And that really has been one of the things, uh, especially here kind of when we got through November, December, and then into the back half of the season here, that uh, is a focal point because as we all know, your postseason hockey doesn't really have a lot of five, four, six, five, seven, six games. They're a lot tighter, much like they were this past weekend in Moose Jaw when they lost the three, one game late. Uh, You know what? It's probably a, happened better last weekend than maybe two weeks or three weeks or a month and a half from now where, uh, you know, they get used to playing in these tight games again. So, you know, you're bang on right now. Daniel Hauser leads the WHL here in his draft year uh, in wins goals against average or not sorry, wins. He's third in wins. He leads the goals against he leads shutouts with eight already this year. Uh, Gage Alexander has four. And, uh, you know, Dawson Cowan came up from the Winnipeg Blues, and he had a perfect performance in his uh, only game. So the teams played well in front of their goalies. And, uh, you know, the goalies have made some big-time saves when they've need they needed to as well. And then at the other end of the ice, everybody's uh, following 40-goal man right now, Connor McLennan.
1: Well, and McLennan, I mean, we've had him on the show a couple of times. What a fun yeah. young man to talk to. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. You know, the first time we had him on the program, Munzee, he had just come back from training camp in the National Hockey League. and you know, you could tell that that experience was something that, you know, he was still, you know, on a bit of a high from, but excited to go in and, you know, sort of be that sort of veteran player. And, and when you have a guy like that, you know, in a Matt Savoy's draft year with Zach Benson, who's still a couple of years away from that playing the way he is. I mean, imagine the effect not only with what he's actually doing on the ice but that veteran presence of a guy that is maybe a year or two ahead of the exact path that some of the other younger stars on the team. I mean, it really does help a coach like James Patrick instill that culture that, um, that breeds winning.
4: Well, let's, you know, just look at it here real quick. We don't have to go through everybody on the roster, but you know, you talk about Connor McLennan, you look at a guy like Jack Finley, who they brought in the captain of the Spokane chiefs, the Tampa Bay lightning draft pick. You've got Owen Peterson, those three right now, have played together. And then you've got, you know, Cole Muir, who's a 20-year-old veteran. You've got Jake and Smallwood, who's in his final season, playing alongside Mikey Milne. And you've got the three young guys that, uh, you know, all the black jackets, we like to call them the arena. The NHL scouts are just clamoring over right now, Geeky and Savoy for this year, and then Benson for next year. And, you know, you add guys like Evan Friesen and Skylar Bruce and Chase Wheatcroft, who was acquired from Lethbridge. Those are your top 12 forwards right now. And they've been a tremendous complement to each other because whatever line is out there, they've been able to make things happen or they've been able to go out and you look at 10 days ago or so, whatever it was when we were in Rajada, you know, shut down the Connor Bedard line quite convincingly in that 7 nothing game against Rajada. So as much as we look at the goals for all the time, uh, the forwards play a pretty, pretty big role uh, in the other end of the ice too.
1: Uh, Brian Munns of the Winnipeg Ice broadcast team and organization joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk as we look ahead to the final four games of the season, Saturday and Sunday this weekend out at the Ice Cave against Medicine Hat Thursday and Friday next week and then playoff time. What do we know about the playoffs so far as far as, um, you know, their spot, who they'll be playing and when it's going to be starting for Winnipeg fans here at uh, the Ice Cave?
4: Well, right now they need one point to clinch first. Uh, they've got 103 right now and Edmonton's at 96. The Oil Kings will play coming up this weekend on Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back games uh, against Red Gear and Calgary, while uh, Winnipeg has the two games here against Medicine Hats. So keep an eye on what's going on right there between the Rebels uh, and the Hitmen. But overall, right now, that's the Winnipeg focus as we see. And then Boy, it's uh, it's a it's a horse race right now to find out who they will play either in that seven spot or the eight spot. Should the Oil Kings catch them, it is one versus eight, two versus seven, three, six, four, five. So uh, you know, really, the only first round matchup that's set in my mind right now would be Moose Jaw and uh, Saskatoon, and they're separated by one point right now to figure out who would get home ice advantage. So the options right now for Winnipeg still to play in the opening round includes Swift Current, Calgary, Prince Albert. And, uh, I think Lethbridge is going to finish seventh. So if, if for some reason, Winnipeg were to fall back into that number two spot, then, uh, then they might have to look a little bit more at the Hurricanes. But, uh, to me right now, it's a three horse race. Uh, I know we'd all love to see Connor Bedard in the playoffs, but they have a really big hill to climb with five games left and they'd obviously have to jump three other teams. So it'll be intriguing to see how it plays out inside the final two. And, uh, And we'll look forward to the whole thing starting here on Saturday night against the Tigers. What would you
1: say the chances of a battle of Manitoba in the playoffs are Brian?
4: Well, definitely in round two, right? It won't happen in round one, but uh, it could happen in round two or, or maybe even into round three, but uh, there is a possibility. The battle of Manitoba for Taylor McCaffrey lawyers has been uh, a lot of fun this year. We saw the 10 games during the regular season schedule and, uh, I know that they've kind of been up and down as of late, but uh, they've been able to put three straight wins together here lately. And looks like uh, they're trending in the right direction here with their five games remaining left here too.
1: Hey, we've talked a lot about all the young men on the ice. What have you learned about head coach James Patrick being around the team all year?
4: You know what? Jeep's kind of been that hidden secret that I didn't know about during all my times with uh, the Moose and the Jets. You know, we'd see him in Buffalo or I'd see him in Dallas and say a quick hello, but we didn't really know a lot about each other. We've got a ton of mutual friends, including Scott Arneal, uh, from my time at the Moose, but uh, he's awesome. You know, he's, he's a great guy to hang around. Uh, he's such a really intriguing teacher of these players. When he speaks, they listen. Uh, there's, there's no kind of mind wandering or anything like that. Uh, he can grab a room, you know, much like we always talked about what Paul Maurice was able to do with Winnipeg. When, when you saw him get up and talk, Everybody wanted to find out what was coming for them because they knew they were going to learn something. And uh, it, it's been a treat to be around him and, and obviously Greener and, and Larry Wu and Byron Spriggs and, and the management staff. So it, uh, it's it been a fun year. I've, uh, I've had a real blast with uh, the whole scenario, and we look forward to uh, a lot more hockey left to go here in Winnipeg for sure with the ice.
1: You bet. People make sure to join us tomorrow. We'll have some seats for the games on the weekend to get people Perfect. out. And if you haven't already made a plan, get out to the ice cave. And, uh, you know, uh, if you've had a tough time downtown at the arena with a certain team playing, I can tell you'll have a good time watching the Winnipeg ice. Lindsay, we haven't, you know, you mentioned Paul Maurice. I mean, this has been a bizarre season here with Maurice leaving, um, you know, back in 2021 and what's happened. I mean, I know you've been very busy with the Winnipeg ice and probably haven't been able to be as on top of Jets as maybe previous seasons. But any thoughts on what's happened to a team that came in with high expectations and a lot of promise That that uh, is pretty much now, um, you know, getting ready for uh, potentially some big changes in the offseason?
4: Yeah, it'll be intriguing to see uh, what happens with the franchise. I stay in touch a little bit. You're right. It's not a a daily or minute-by-minute thing like it was for for nine consecutive years for me. But, uh, you know, I keep in touch with uh, some of the guys around the team, whether it's uh, the coaches or players, and it's more of an arm's length for sure. Now my conversations with them are more of uh, I think we're all excited to to get out when we can and, and play a little golf. And that by no means is saying their hockey side is over, but we all like to play the sports. But uh, yeah, you know what? It's, it's been a disappointing year. There's no question about it. They haven't been as consistent as what everybody would have liked to see. There has been some bright stars. You know, obviously the the year that Kyle Connor has had and Nikolai Ehlers and, you know, some of their depth guys, but uh, there's uh, there's some things that need to be fixed for sure. Let's put it that way.
1: Um Munsey, great having you on the program. Hey, we got to quickly hit on the Masters. I know you've been watching it. Uh, give They're give there. us an give us an idea. How's uh, what have you thought of Tiger's around so far? And uh, observations from uh, the uh, first few hours of play at Augusta National.
4: Well, I did a uh, Masters pool with a bunch of people this week, and I didn't pick Tiger. And I don't know how we all just don't learn that you can't not go with the greatest of all time because. I think he's right around par. He's putting right now. I haven't seen what he's at. I think he's still even on the day. I believe he's on 17 and he looks good. You know, I heard you and Wicks talking about it a little bit. He looks like he's kind of walking gingerly. I'm sure by the time we get to Sunday, he'll be ready for, uh, some big time time off, but you know, Cameron Smith's been outstanding. He's six under on 16 right now. Ims two back on eight Scheffler is there. So there's a lot of exciting names that, uh, They've got me wrapped into this thing, and uh, I can't wait for the rest of the weekend to continue on to not only have the ice back on the ice Saturday, Sunday, but uh, see what's going on. And Tiger just made about a, I don't know, 25-foot putt. So that'll get him going. Yeah, he's one under now through 16, which has him ninth on the leaderboard. That'll get the patrons
1: going there Uh at Augusta National as well. Um,
4: And hey, uh, Corey Connors, one
1: under, uh, just getting into the back nine. And I know you know Derek Ingram very well. He was kind enough to join us. Uh, Ran out to the parking lot to take the call yesterday. Um, And man, Corey, I mean, I'm really excited to see what he can do in this tournament. I mean, he's been there twice, Brian. He's been top 10 at both of his previous Masters right now. Um, you know, Mike Weir, um, you know, it's great that he's there, But, you know, the two Canadians that are really active on two right now, both Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors with great seasons so far. and uh, it will be very interesting to see what the Canadian contingent can do coming up over the next few days.
4: You'll have to uh, try and get an update as well. I'm sure you saw it on social media, but I was uh, texting back and forth. I know Bob Irving's there this weekend as well, getting a chance to watch. Knuckles so- is
1: at the Masters,
4: yeah yeah his, oh, I uh, did not know uh, his son that. took him for i think it's kind of his retirement gift
1: oh that is amazing hopefully he'll get a chance to cross paths with his idol tom watson out there i'm sure tom will be out there that is phenomenal yeah. bob i mean bob's always been a guy i mean a great sports guy first and foremost I know oh, we associate him with being the uh being the, the voice of the bombers for all those years but i mean a big big golf guy an unabashed fan of tom watson and uh Man, this will be, for a guy that's done so much in the sports world, I think this will still be the ultimate bucket list for Knuckles.
4: Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, again, we were texting, it was back on Tuesday, and he was leaving, uh, I think it was yesterday he flew in. So, yeah, he's, he's there. Daniel Berger's uh, birdied four of the last five on the back nine. And he's moved to minus three on the day as well now. So he's only three back.
1: Well, this is going to be a heck of a weekend. We got Cam Smith uh, two shots ahead of Sung J.M. And then a big group of guys, including Berger and Scheffler at three under par. Uh, But Munzee, the focus in South Winnipeg on Saturday and Sunday is going to be the ice. Fill people in on uh, how they can get tickets. And uh, maybe just a quick plug for what you guys have going on in addition to the game at the arena on the weekend.
4: Yeah, so coming up, obviously, it's going to be a great uh, Saturday night. We're calling it Masters uh, Saturday, so you can watch golf all day and then you can come out to uh, the arena and join us. Uh, It is our pink, the rink night for Cambrian Credit Union. Uh, They're kind enough to jump on board, and it's our big anti-bullying night. Uh, A number of the ice players have done a lot in media this week on making sure that uh, the message is out there properly about uh, anti-bullying and the effects that it can have, you know, we all want to be role models and and you're one of the great ones here on, on this show right now, making sure that everybody, you know, looks after each other the proper way. Uh, the ice have a new pink Jersey that they're going to wear for the hockey game. And then those will be auctioned off uh, when it's all said and done on the official website, uh, WinnipegIce.ca. ice.ca two teams will play again on Sunday at five. And then Connor Bedard comes to town next week on Thursday, Friday, going into the Easter weekend to uh, wrap up the 68 game, regular season schedule. Playoff tickets are available right now. We know there will be postseason hockey, so again, go online, winnipegice.ca, and we'll look forward to packing the ice cave inside Wayne Fleming Arena. It's going to be a fantastic spring with a long run of postseason hockey in the Western Hockey League.
1: I can't wait for it. I've had such a great time for the games I've attended so far, and it's going to be that much better when they're playing for a, uh, a WHL championship and potential spot in the uh, Memorial cup. Uh, Munsey, we'll have to connect and uh, maybe get one of the fellows on the show next week in between the games. I don't come playoff time. They'll be busy, but we'll be calling on you for some updates as the ice get going in the postseason. Thanks so much. Enjoy the golf. Have a good weekend and uh, good luck to the ice for the uh, big, pink weekend for the anti-bullying and uh, two big games against medicine hat.
4: As always, that's if uh, Say hi to Remo. We'll catch up soon.
1: Certainly. Well, there he is. The voice of the Winnipeg ice, Brian Munns, one point needed for the ice to clinch first place. And uh, then it is go time with, um, well, listen, it's, uh, it's great to have playoff hockey in town. I'll tell you what, if you haven't been out and seen the ice, You're definitely going to want to do that. This is a very, very fun, exciting hockey team. And we'll be talking a lot about the ice, um, you know, come draft time as well, with a couple players potentially going in the top 10 of the National Hockey League draft. Thanks again to Brian for joining us today on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hey, um, our friends at Boston Pizza, Speaking of uh, hockey, great supporters of uh, all of our local teams, um, whether you're heading down to uh, any of the games for the moose, the remainder of the season into the playoffs or the jets, Boston pizza city plays a great spot to pop in before and after the game. Uh, but your local Boston pizza is the place to go to gather with friends for whatever game you're watching. And if you're staying at home, hit them up online at bostonpizza.com. Check out their great game day deals and get it ordered hot and fast to your door from our friends at Boston pizza. Of course, the nick and nicky dq group another great sponsor of winnipeg sports talk just great feedback on the new stack burgers had one the other day absolutely phenomenal always loved dq burgers to begin with uh but these new ones are uh, they've taken it to another level you can try the new st- the uh, the new stack burgers at any of the four nick and nicky dqs the dq out in neverville dq northgate DQ Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's. And if uh, you're like me and often don't feel like going out and just want to get on the computer and order it, good news all three Winnipeg locations are available on all delivery apps right now. So you can get those burgers, fries, chicken fingers, maybe a couple blizzards delivered to your door quick and easy as well. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And hey, a big shout out to our friends over at Akins Lake. I mentioned earlier today that. <clears throat> They're with us. They are set for their busiest year ever after two seasons um, with the inability to really have many of their international travelers. Very limited space left for this season at Aikens Lake, but there still is the opportunity to get out there. I mean, it's a great way to reconnect with nature and with friends and family that maybe you've only been seen on a screen for the last little while. And heck, from a corporate side, an amazing way to reconnect with customers in person. There's no better FaceTime than being in a boat, slaying big fish, and having a great time out at Aikens Lake. Find out more online at akenslake.com. You can also hit them up on Twitter at Aikens Lake. On, uh, on the app. All right, let's get Michael Remus in here. We do want to get to our cool bet lines as well uh, before the end of the program. Um, just looking at this leaderboard, though, Remo, I mean, uh, Cam Smith, crazy. He's six under par after double bogeying the first hole. And uh, this is a guy we haven't seen play since he won the Players' Championship. But uh, I have a feeling there's going to be plenty of
2: mullet talk come Saturday and Sunday down at Augusta. We will have to... Wait and see, I guess. Yeah, but pulling up the leaderboard. I know a lot of I'm. I have it on here on a tablet, so I'm tuned in mostly for uh, the Tiger show. And there he is, has set one under after 15. But as you said, Cam Smith, got two strokes. You guys, Sungjae, he's got a lot of holes left. Danny Willett's in the clubhouse with three. Daniel Berger with three. So uh, we will see how it goes. You know, some guys just starting out. And uh, so uh, a couple hours left and maybe we'll have a better idea of the day one leaderboard.
1: Yeah, Rory McElroy playing in the uh, final group that, has just, uh, that is just going out. Um, so we'll uh, be following Rory as well as the rest of the group. Just quick touch base on the Canadians. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is at one over par right now. And as we mentioned, Corey Connors right now still in red numbers. He's one under playing the 11th. And we should just go down and check out Mike Weir. Mike Weir, actually, a pretty strong round. He double bogeyed the first hole um, and ended up finishing two over. So he'll have an opportunity to play for the weekend as well once he gets going in his, uh, just seeing, geez, Colin Markawa, John Rahman, Xander Shoffley, all over par right now, one over par, along with Sergio Garcia and uh, Bubba Watson as well. So uh, anyway, it's going to be a great, great weekend. We'll have more. Hopefully, maybe get the Z-Man on tomorrow to talk about what's happening at Augusta. Uh, but so far today, it has been a very, very nice start for Tiger Woods. First of all, just the fact that he was out there, uh, but looking pretty darn good right now. And uh, in red numbers after that birdie on 16, two holes to go in at one under par. You're going to be watching some baseball later on today, Remus. Any thoughts on uh, on opening day? I know we have to wait an extra day for the Blue Jays to uh, to take part.
2: I'll probably have it on, you know, their app is, is pretty strong. So they have all the games. I got some fantasy action. Uh, who do I have? I have uh Framber Valdez going up against Shohei Otani and the Astros angels tonight. I'm always up for the late night. Uh, Ooh, we got Otani on going. opening day. Excellent. Okay.
1: I will make a point of watching that. Yeah. We'll get the, uh, we'll get the golf in this afternoon and then a little bit of baseball. And then uh, interesting. I didn't even realize till today that the Jays are opening at home against Texas. And Marcus Simeon's going to be in the visitors' dugout for that first game tomorrow against the Jays.
2: Yes, uh, that is accurate. Jose Barrios getting the ball for Toronto tomorrow and John Gray for the Rangers, 6 o'clock, 6.07 start time. But, uh, yeah, so it starts tomorrow. I'm I'm fired up, maybe not as fired up as uh, years past. I know I'm still kind of uh, annoyed about the whole lockout thing, but it's here. It is kind of sharing the spot with the Masters, and. The hockey season winding down. A bunch of games tonight. No Jets tonight, but you know the hockey. I mean, first what, like twenty minutes of the show
3: <laughs>
2: so depressed. So I I'm almost ready to turn the page. Baseball. Well, that's
1: why it. I was really pumped that we had Muns on today to talk about the ice because the uh, ice and the moose. A great stories. Ice with the, or sorry, Moose with a daytime win yesterday while we were on the air against the Milwaukee Admirals and Jeff Malotte getting his 21st goal of the season. Um, and, you know, and again, I mean, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. By the way, guess who's in town tomorrow night? The Colorado Avalanche. I mean, oh. uh, uh, if <laughs> this is, I don't even know what to expect for that game tomorrow night. Seven? And frankly, I don't know what we're going to expect in these final 11 games of the season. I mean, with all the talk about the schedule next week, five games in seven days um Ottawa and Montreal back-to-back Sunday Monday home game against the Kraken on the Wednesday and then off to Florida and Tampa Friday and Saturday of next week before games in New York and Carolina on that final road trip and then back at home for Colorado Philly and Calgary in the final week of the season and um Uh, It's going to be interesting. I mean, I I don't know. We'll find out more about how the lineup looks tomorrow morning. Um, I would certainly imagine that Billy Hanel is going to be back in. And, uh, you know, we'll see if there's anybody else that gets a look potentially from the Moose over the course of the next little bit. The one thing that changes things a little bit, bit, Reem, is the fact that the Moose right now are right in this battle establishing their playoffs. And, I mean, as much as I think they would like to get another look at maybe a couple players at some point before the end of the season, um, I also think that in some ways they might want to be getting guys like Philly Hanola back playing consistent minutes with the moose, getting ready for the playoffs. But I think there'll be time to do both considering the fact that there is still pretty much a month left in the season and still 11 more games during a busy, busy next couple weeks for Winnipeg before guys could get back and get going for some call to cut playoff action for Manitoba.
2: Yeah. I feel like the forwards are going to look the same. Um, we did have some notes from today's practice, which we didn't really mention. Uh, Blake Wheeler took a maintenance day; he may have got banged up in yesterday's game. I thought yeah, he was flying out there and has been actually the last couple of weeks. Um, Bechnikov skated in his spot with Connor and Dubois. I mean that's about boat it. I saw Ealers and Dasney spoke trying to get a win. Lowry, Dave Lowry as well, but I mean, pretty. Hard to listen I mean, to this stuff now.
1: I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, listen, I, I, I do miss, I mean, I loved listening to Maurice, even though sometimes I maybe wasn't necessarily buying what he was selling at the time. It was always quite, uh, right now I just feel bad for Dave Lowry. I mean, the situation that he's in, I mean, what the heck is he going to say? I think everyone sort of knows what the situation is going forward. Um, And listen, he hasn't had the guys on his team kind of do anything to really help him or his cause out right now. So, Um, it'll be really interesting. I kind of said, I'll say the same thing I said yesterday going into last night. We're going to see where the, where the pride level is of this team, the level of professionalism, the commitment to each other. And one can only hope that it's better than we saw last night in that loss to the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Hey, you know, I got a text from our pal James. We'll get to the cool bet lines in just a minute. Uh, but Reem, we are, uh, We are now officially up and running with the CC Ginger Ale and stores and beer vendors now. If you don't see it in your local spot, let the staff know that you're looking for it. Um, Canadian Club Whiskey displays in 26 of the biggest liquor marts all month that include that trial-free can of CC and ginger with the purchase of any CC CC bottle. And make sure to look out for the Liquor Mart's Easter Max Miles display running the week of April 11th to 17th, to get bonus air miles on the CC and Ginger 6-pack and large bottles of CC the 7 uh, 17.50 mLs Are on sale all this month. And of course, tomorrow's Friday. And that means we'll be doing another Marble race. Maybe I'll see if James has any of the CC and ginger to maybe add to the prize vault for tomorrow. But we'll definitely have some ice tickets and we'll definitely have another Winnipeg sports talk hoodie with our friends over at Canadian Club for tomorrow's spot. All right. Hey, just before we get to the cool bet. Uh, lines for today, Remo. Some big news. I knew this was happening. I couldn't say anything until it was released, but Adam Seaborn has it. It's out right now. Big news for our friends at CoolBet a new CoolBet ambassador, Andre DeGrasse, Canadian sprinting legend. And uh, who knows, maybe if we're lucky, Uncle Chris can set up a visit with uh, Andre with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk sometime soon. What a great get for our friends over at CoolBet.
2: Yeah, and here he is rocking the cool bet hoodie what is that a puma cool bet mashup i will get gotta get one of those uh... oh
1: geez i'm gonna i'm gonna make a call to chris see where i get one of those i mean yes andre grass i think one of the top puma athletes as well but uh now doing it now that the uh everything's been opened up in the ontario market in particular with so many different players a uh, huge canadian star and now a, a big part of the cool bet team
2: know, you gave me one of those cool bed hoodies months ago. I actually uh, gifted it to my brother who says it's one of the most comfortable hoodies oh, that he owns. It's so good. It's number one in his hoodie rotation. So uh, you this, know what? I think I though. may
1: have a couple more in the tickle trunk. Maybe we'll do one of those for the, uh, for the marble race tomorrow as well. Make sure you join us tomorrow afternoon. Um, well, for the entire show is going to be great. We will have Ken Wiebe on. And speaking of Weber, when we finish up, make sure to head on over to uh, the Kenny and Rennie. They'll be getting going in about five minutes with their long-form Thursday afternoon show. Uh, But as far as the lines for tonight, um, pretty pretty busy night in the National Hockey League. We've got Blue Jackets, minus 130 favorites at home to the Flyers. Devils, minus 154 to the Habs. Pick'em between the Penguins and Rangers in New York. Potential playoff series between those two teams in the first round. Preds, big road favorites, minus 164 in Ottawa. The Canes minus 357 at home to the Buffalo Sabers, Blackhawks. I don't. It's probably been a while since they've been a 169 favorite anywhere. They're at home to the Kraken tonight, um, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, a week or two ago, we would have really cared about this game. We would have said, "Oh, big opportunity for the uh, Jets to get one over on the lead, on the Stars." All of a sudden, Jet fans or Leaf fans? Now, well, doesn't really matter. But the Leafs coming off those three points against the two Florida teams, despite the blown 5-1 lead minus 152 against the Dallas Stars, Canucks and Coyotes, Canucks road favorites, Edmonton and the Los Angeles Kings, Oilers continuing to play well, slight road favorites over the Kings, potentially another first round matchup, and the Flames a big minus 185 favorite against the San Jose Sharks. And we should get to Major League Baseball opening day, Royals and the Guardians coming up in about 10 minutes, probably check out some of that. And where's our pick for? Uh, oh, yes, the Mets and the Nationals. Our pick for Gary and Thorne, over nine and a half is up there. Uh, over nine, which is what Gary and quoted, was minus 118. If you really want to get aggressive, go with the nine and a half and plus 105. I'll probably drop that, hopefully, and start 1-0. and Again, with love. live betting for the Masters heading into the weekend. Uh, Round two betting is well available. CoolBet has got it all. Use the promo code WST on your first deposit if you haven't played there before. Give you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks over at CoolBet.com. Well, Remo, it was a little bit of a uh, therapy session, I think, for all of us venting, both myself personally and people in the chat right now. Uh, But there is a game tomorrow, and uh, listen, it'll be a great chance to see a team that has uh, gone from the basement of the National Hockey League to the best in the National Hockey League over a few years, and maybe that's a little glimpse of hope for uh, the moves that the Jets can hopefully make over the next few years. But uh, listen, it will be a good opportunity to see the Colorado Avalanche and who knows what we're going to see from the Winnipeg Jets, but it's going to need to be a lot better than they were against the Detroit Wings that they want to avoid being embarrassed on home ice.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a rough one. We talked at the end of the show. I posted the clip on my Twitter account. Like, what are we going to see? And I was like, well, you know, odds are they're going to win this game, but we've seen performances in the past, far too many of them. And unfortunately, I don't know what, why they keep doing this to us, but we got uh, got burned with a dead performance. But as you said, if you went to the game, at least you went home with a hellabuck Buck bobblehead for your time. But again, what a what a disappointing result for a disappointing season. And I do, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I know I thought maybe there'd be minor changes, but you know, maybe there's bigger problems with this team than we think, and we're going to see possibly more changes than we than we thought. I heard Darren Dreger saying on PSLN. Overdrive, like a full audit, would be done. I think you have to look at everything, and and I think could end up seeing some major changes. It'll be very interesting. Um, locker cleanout day this year oh. compared to uh, the past the past season. I know there's only uh, you know not as high viewership today for. I guess we've seen that after, you know, disappointing losses. Oh yeah.
1: Sometimes people need, listen, I went all morning. I was sat there all morning going, Oh my God, I can't believe I need to talk about that game today. And everyone knows how much I love doing this show, talking to you every day, talking to everybody out there and doing this. But some days are more fun than others. I mean, I live and breathe this stuff. I think y'all know that I've got a passion and I want these teams to do well. Um, And um, that was, that was ugly last night. And it in, in a lot of ways was the culmination of, so many disappointments this year, but there is some hockey left to be played. We'll see what this team comes out for. I mean, they're playing for next year, playing for pride, playing for jobs. Um, and, man, what a test tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche. We'll be all over it. We'll uh, get ready for the matchup. Get ready for the ice weekend. Have the latest on the moose as well. Blue Jay's home opener tomorrow. more on the masters. So uh, and uh, and hey, Remo credit to me. Remember, I said I was worried that I was going to be swearing this entire show. I think I only had like one minor blip throughout it, uh, despite as uh, as bent as I was coming in. So uh, in some ways, I feel better now. Let's go watch the Masters. Let's get ready for Major League Baseball opening season tonight. And tomorrow, we get to see one of the uh, top teams in the National Hockey League come in to take on the Winnipeg Jets in the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, all right, huge thanks to Wallace & Wallace, our newest sponsor, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, our friends at Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, don't forget Marble Race back tomorrow afternoon, and of course our friends at Cool Bet Canada, and all of our guests. Great baseball chat with Gary and Thorne. Always love having Brandon Rowicki on, and great to talk ice with Brian Munns. Tomorrow on the program, we will have Ken Weeb. We'll talk more Masters and uh, maybe even a little bit of Moose as well. And, of course, Jets and Avalanche coming up tomorrow night. Hey, if you're with us on YouTube, pop on over to KNR. The boys are getting going with uh, uh, for another hour or so of a sports talk with a couple great guests. And we'll see you tomorrow to get the weekend set up. And, of course, Jets Avalanche right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Hit that red subscribe button on your way out. And thanks for being with us.
3: Oh, my God. Oh!